This is for the nerds, this is for the brainiacs, this is what we deserve. Go ahead and play it back, you ain't gonna touch me, you're not gonna do nothing, you are not above me, I bet you wish you was me, I know it, I know. Hello friends, and welcome to today's episode. We are joined by the lovely entourage of the Overbet Express, headed by one Espen, I'm going to butcher your last name. Georgestead? Come on. Oh, come you on, sound like Pokenews now. Wow, come on, man. We talked about There's Jorstad. no D in the middle. There's no D in the middle. Okay. And it's not Aspen. It's Aspen. Aspen, Aspen. Georgestead. I know. I know. That was okay. actually, yeah. No, he's just being extra. I'm, I'm good at butchering things. <laughs> Let me get at least half of it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, your, your better half, uh, Mr. Henry Kilbane. Thanks. Oh, so you guess you're perfectly on. Okay. Yeah, well, he's, he's English. Like, he doesn't have a full vowel up. in his name, you know? You have the O with the, da with the dash to it. If Henry had one of those, then maybe we'd have some problems. Uh, it, your, your last name feels very aggressive. What? Yeah. Yeah. Like, Yurstead! It's a very powerful Scandinavian name. It is, yeah. It like, is a strong it, name. Not yeah, like yeah. Tice, you know? Yeah. <laughs> wow. What do you what do you <laughs> Tice <laughs> names? Tice is like a Chad name. Well you you always claim <laughs> you always claim uh your Scandinavian heritage, you know. Yeah, well I'm that's from my dad's side, uh my grandfather's last name was Tice. Mm -hmm. From the other side of the family where the last name didn't get taken from, that last name is different. I really should know what that last name is. You don't know what it is. You really should know what that last name is. I really should know what that last name is. What a fantastic conclusion to that story. I know. I'll have to find that. You probably shouldn't say your mom's maiden name on on the pod. No, because my mom's side, my mom was adopted actually, and her last name was. Oh, okay. We're gonna say. Well, also just just Danny is now stolen. Just mother's maiden name. What you being mean? No, just come up with like some Viking last name so that I could back off and be like, all right. What's your first pet's name? My last name is Olaf. And the street yeah. there you go. <laughs> my, my, name, my name is actually Landon Olaf. The street you grew up on. That's Social a female Security. name, so like, yeah. happens. All right. Yeah. That's fine. You're Ow. a very strong, young, strapping lady. All right. Yeah, so maybe when I get the haircut. Yeah, you did get you, the haircut. Yeah, looks the haircut good. looks great. It does. Your hair looks fresh, bro. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it does. Looks like yours a little bit. Does kind of look like yours. Well, that's the okay. style. That's the style. Mm -hmm. It's the they're, hard they're part. They're very tall men. Uh, Overbet Express trendsetters over here. You know, we've got the meditating guru. Uh, good How much style. do you actually meditate? Me or Espen? Espen. You, oh I God. imagine, like, you're constantly in a state of meditation. No, 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 no. <laughs> we're, we're pretty bad for it. Like, it's on and off. Yeah, I've been, like, I have periods where I meditate, like, every day for, like, a couple of months or whatever. And then I'm off it for like a couple of months, like totally. It's been on and off for like six years or something. That's how. Sounds I like am. a drug. Mm -hmm. uh. Do you do you actually like no bullshit? Do you actually think that it enhances uh, to enough of a degree where it's worth putting all the time into? Um, I'm not sure honestly because I've been doing it for so, such a long time and I don't know like how my. But I, honestly, I don't think so. I, I've said this before. Like, there goes I that comp endorsement. <laughs> God fucking down. Six figures. Okay, yeah, 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 no, it definitely helps. Uh, <laughs> there you go. No, but I think like I, I have like some different practices like uh, gratitude journaling and stuff like that, and I think that's been way more beneficial. Yeah. Uh, mm. That feels like it has more like a direct impact. Meditation feels like something where you, if you grind it over like a really long time, probably helps. You know, like every top performer in whatever field you want to name, they have some sort of meditation practice. If it's like, 
meditation in itself in, in various forms or if it's like long walks without any input or whatever like a lot of them have like some practice that relates to meditation right so it's hard to be bearish when there's so much evidence for it um but yeah i, I wouldn't say that i've like noticed like uh, big changes in myself i mean I, I also think... just scientifically like it's been studied from like a neuroplasticity standpoint and everything that it's like go on it's like extremely helpful in like keeping your brain plastic and like increasing neuroplasticity. So in order to make changes in your life, I think that it can be a, a very conducive to make other okay. useful changes. So in like your life. directly, you may not notice the impact. Indirectly, it might be uh, kind of what yeah, a little imparts booster. the impact. Yeah. <clears throat> what? So I, I think my follow up to this is is twofold. One, I think that the the qualification of what meditation is is probably very loose. Mm. Um. You know, kind of you. Ju you just mentioned everything from a rigid, uh, I don't know. Let's call it like a silent retreat or something like that, all the way to like just a long walk where you're not putting taking on any other inputs. Um, have you ever done like guided meditation or uh, like hypnotherapy or anything like that? Yeah, I've tried. I tried everything basically, like different forms. Yeah, I I, I, like I don't know if I even want to call it meditation, but like stuff that is really helpful. It's just like sitting in silence. Like not having any input you don't yeah. need to call it meditation like uh, if you're focusing on breathing or if you're doing like some body scan or visualization or whatever it is like just sitting in silence not taking any input for like half an hour a day or whatever I i'm super bullish on that just because we have so much input in our lives every day all the time um and we don't really let the brain rest and just like process shit yeah just like sitting down and processing stuff i, I think it's pretty good is that yeah. something you do in mm -hmm. your room like just by yourself or like you can be outside inside doesn't matter i do it in my room nice like just by myself yeah yeah Here. Mm -hmm. so i've i've like yourself have probably done all of this uh i worked pretty closely with elliot rowe for two and a half years tons of guided meditation tons of hypnotherapy uh i've done everything from you know the apps using guided meditation to just like sitting in silence uh to like silent walks um the journaling everything and the only things that I've noticed that have long-term impact on me that A, I want to continue to repeat the process of, and B, I just like have a noticeable uh, mental clarity and physical sort of like uplifting after the fact is when I can isolate a single stressor. So like breath work within yoga, I noticed was incredibly impactful uh like allowed my mind to like stop racing so much because i was so focused on the poses themselves and the breathing so that single point of stress like kind of allowed mm. me to to reach clarity things like sauna and cold plunges same thing you're you're heavily focused on your breath work and the exact stressor of what's taking place those allow me to to reach a level of clarity guided meditation is either going to be a nap for me or uh, increased anxiety. Because I'll, I'll say this, like uh, I've, I've done hypnotherapy with Elliot. He's the best that I've ever worked with. I've done it with other people as well. And every single time I do it, uh, a wash of anxiety comes over me because at some point he's gonna ask me a question and I feel stupid trying to fake being under and answering it, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> oh, like, shit. and the whole thing is you're not actually supposed to go under. You're supposed to be like semi-conscious, like lucid almost. Yeah. But like, I'm hyper aware 
that <laughs> my eyes are closed. This guy's trying to get me to like reach this deep sense of Zen and I'm not there. And then he's like, tell me how it feels to be walking in through the Aria. And it's like, mm. I don't know, man. I'm sitting on my bed right now, like trying to get to, to a lucid state of dreaming. And I, I, I'm not there. We're not, we're not there, I, man. I think there's a difference though between like hypnotherapy and guided meditation. Yeah. Like I would think guided meditation right, is both. more like, right. We're like, Guided meditation, you don't respond. Right, so I agree with you with the hypnotherapy where, where you, you do feel that anxiety to, to respond in a, the correct manner or whatever. But, like, I think I'd, I've done, like, the Calm app and shout out if you want to sponsor us. But. <laughs> 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 Not a big deal or anything. And, and, that is no, the worst what, pitch what, ever. Yeah. <laughs> shout out to the guys. No, but seriously, uh, I think... Seriously, please it, save the house. No, it, it does... Um, I guess it... I don't like kind of like it teaches you how to meditate, mm -hmm. how to do a body scan, yeah. how to bring your, uh, you know, mind back to concentrating on your breathing and that kind of that thing. That stuff has <clears throat> no positive impact for me at all. You've, Again, struggled, you've struggled with floating tanks as well, though, uh -huh. right? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's really interesting. I, when I can't find that single point of stress to distract myself, yeah. I just don't get distracted at like, all, and the exact opposite effect happens. I yeah. build anxiety because my mind's racing all over well, the place. Yeah. You need meditation, but with, like, an element of pain or something, like someone sticking well, a huge needle into you. <laughs> or, or like they you give know. you a cookie, right? Mm -hmm. They give you something that no. you don't like. What? Well, because then, you you know, then you can focus on it. Yeah. Uh... No, no. Uh, pain, pain is a weird, pain is a weird one for me. I have a ridiculously high pain tolerance. Every man says. Yeah, that. every guy. No, says no, no. That. Like <laughs> every man says. That. I, I'm sure that that's true. But have you ever like, had your legs waxed? Uh, no. Should that's I? Actually, that should be a prop bet. Between no, us you know what? See. You know what we should waxed. do? I was watching this. I've used to wax my chest when I was a kid. Last night they have this period cramp simulator, like and they, oh, yeah, they'll yeah, yeah, put yeah. it on a like a couple, like it'll they'll put it on a man and a woman next to each other, and they'll turn them up at the same time oh, yeah. to like see their. <laughs> I, I'm not trying to say. No. <laughs> <laughs> to, be, to be fair, I'm not trying to say my tolerance is higher than like a woman's. Right? I'm just saying it's higher than average. So uh, what's average? I don't know. People are generally pain intolerant. That sounds like a good bet, to be fair. I, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm in. Like, anything pain-related, like, I <laughs> yeah. don't enjoy pain yeah. by any stretch, sounds but like I know do. that it's dull to me. I enjoy it. Um, okay, that's... <laughs> <laughs> not here to yuck your yuck. <laughs> uh, it, it, it should be you versus Melissa in a pain test. Has anybody had I'm their in. appendix out in this, in this room? Oh. Guapo has. Just that's Guapo? Mm-hmm. I was talking to, to Espen about this. He's like, what is that? Like, that's just not a thing in Norway. What's an I'm appendix? Like, I have like one friend that did that. You, you made it sound like every American I thought it was like this. really common. No it's, no, it's rare, but it does happen. It's rare? It's yeah, rare? It's, rare. it's pretty For rare. Appendix to burst? Oh, no, well, I mean, not to burst, just to have appendicitis and need what, uh, an appendectomy. I don't know. Well, what are we school. considering rare? Like 1%? Is that rare? That would be rare. Yeah. No, I would think it would be... Around one percent. Kind of oh, I would have thought it was like. I was more. Think of I all the people like you know, and then 10 to like twenty-five. I don't know. Twenty-five percent. You're saying one in four people will have their appendix removed? <laughs> well, I'm no way. Oh, I don't know anybody. People, I, I would think it would be between like one and five percent, maybe. What, what, do you, what, do you, what about like getting your tonsils out? Five percent. Five percent. I have no idea. Okay, yeah, five percent of people have appendectomies. Five percent? I mean, that's I'm not sure, rare. I'm sure if we wait like ten seconds now, some chat pro is going to give us the answer, anyways. Just yeah. The chat, Gu right? No, Guapo right. just pulled it up. We have a professional pro. professional research pro. Just next time you're at a poker table, make everyone stand up and pull up their shirts and just do a head count. Yeah. You can't even see the scar. They they go through your belly button. It's it's. 
it's literally invisible. Wait, what? Yeah. Yeah, so 1 in 20 is higher than I thought it would be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a little bit lower than I would have thought, but yeah. I would have considered it a common practice surgery. Like, same thing with, like, uh, tonsillectomies. Mm-hmm. I would assume that that's pretty common. less now than they used to, though. I think. Really? I think so, yeah. Tons- like, tonsillitis hmm. stuff? Or they think- uh, tonsillectomy, they just take it out because you constantly get... Anyway... Uh, the whole reason I asked is because I, I was hoping somebody else had experienced it. It's it's Friends. very painful yeah. to go through. But uh, to give you an idea of tolerance, my appendix or my appendicitis started at noon the day that I ended up getting uh, it removed. I didn't go to the hospital till three a.m. And Sick flex, bro. I, no, it's not a flex. I'm telling you that my pain <laughs> tolerance is too high. Like, it's, it's just a bad thing. It's not a good thing to have a high pain tolerance. You make it seem like it is. Yeah. No, I don't. You're making it seem yeah. like one it is. One time he was just resting his hand on the burner, and it's just for like... Yeah. He's like, for he's like what's hours? that smell? Yeah. The, his appendix is rotting, his the, skin's falling off, he's like, it's fine. You know there's a disease like that, uh, where people, like, lose yeah. their nerve no, endings. The, right, yeah, there is, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. But anyway, the whole, the, the whole reason, circling back, that I said that is because, like, pain doesn't create that, like... It doesn't do it for uh, you. endorphins. It's it's the opposite. Like I distract myself from pain. So like if you were to make me meditate and put me through pain, uh, I would lean heavily into the distraction of meditation, which is already making my mind wander all over the place. So it would, ju- it would probably just you increase. Just breathe through it. What do you mean? You wouldn't breathe. Like that's you would like be forced to meditate if you're in enough pain. All through the pain. Um, I don't feel like I use breath work when i'm in pain really i use breath work when i'm in poker pain <laughs> i thought that that's how meditation worked though like at the start it's very difficult and it's it hard is, to kind yeah. of keep your it's mind in one right place. that's why it's always come back to the breath right so your mind wonders it wants to wonder and then you just once once you realize that your mind is wondering you just like acknowledge that accept it and then go back to the breath yeah, yeah, exactly. you're not trying hard right. enough. you're not yeah. accepting of your that's inner what thoughts it is. and inner chaos you know what that's you what have it no is. acceptance of yourself and your <laughs> i didn't try thoughts. hard enough well, you no, don't you love tried yourself. too hard. <laughs> you don't mm. Love... Mm. We just Maybe keep going a little bit is. up more until we find it. Like, you don't love yourself. Yeah. You don't have the ability to be by yourself the in your own thoughts. accepting of the fact that you're not a perfect meditator. Yeah. Right. We're yeah. all not perfect, Matt. We're hey. all perfectly imperfect. Maybe right. that's it. <laughs> so did it come in handy when you were in the tank for 18 and a half minutes? <laughs> Honestly, I think it did. It's going to sound like yeah, bullshit, but I think it did. Because I, I've been doing this um, for the last uh, few it's months, this uh, meditation practice called Yoga Nidra. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, do you know Huber- Huberman, Andrew Huberman? He's oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Love he's Huberman. like some uh, gigabrain uh, neuroscientist from <laughs> Stanford or whatever. And he's uh, super bullish on this Yoga Nidra as like a, uh, what does he call it? Uh, NSDR, no sleep, non-sleep deep rest practice. So like, it's going to bring you into like a super relaxed state. Um, and the practice is basically like a mix of there's some breath work, uh, but the main part of it is doing visualization, basically focusing on it's like a body scan thing. Mm-hmm. Like you're focusing on like uh, one body part, like your right knee, your right shin, your right ankle, blah, blah, blah. And you move through the body. Really? Uh, so you start from like one leg and then go up ones. or you start? Doesn't you can matter. start yeah. wherever you want. Got it. Yeah. Start wherever you want and then uh, like do like a tour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a, yeah. A grand tour of your <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I do like stuff at the start like the top of my head and then go all the way yeah, to yeah, my yeah. toes no, and then back no, up. No, for you yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. top of your head and then your shell. Into my shell. Yeah, yeah. you go to your <laughs> like feel the shell. <laughs> to your tail and then right, to each yep. of your Do you think it would have been <laughs> equally as helpful if you were bluffing? A lot of people ask me this. I would like to think so, but like sure. it's hard to say, right? I, I had like one spot where I bluffed all in like the Jack Seven hand, but 
he didn't tank very long because he had two pairs. I was like, okay, call. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't get to <laughs> test that. Right. Yeah. 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 He called you too fast. Wow. Yeah. How good of a 10 day run was this that like you never were in the tank where you just didn't have it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, actually, that's not true. I had like one big bluff when we were two tables left uh, versus uh, Mickey. Yeah. Where, uh, yeah. Uh, like it was a BVB hand where uh, I think we're like 12 or 13 people left or something. Yeah. Um, this was after I won the Aces versus Ace King hand versus Tom Kunsa. So I had Momentum all the chips at high. this point. I had like 85 million or whatever, which was chip lead at this point. Uh, I limped a small line with uh, Jack 7 off. He checks. Flop was like. Um, what was it like nine uh you had like a gut shot right so no, it was like eight eight five three i think or something like that so i don't flop anything it goes check check turn is fuck this is such a butchered hand history because my <laughs> brain is so fried is it a 10 and like a I nine? anyways like i i, I turn like uh, the perfect uh, bluff card basically where i block the both ends of the straight yeah um so it was check check flop i go for like 2x pot on the turn he calls uh, the turn was a 10. So the, the flop had to have been... Because uh, I blocked Queen Jack and I blocked 7-6. So it had to be like... 10-8-6? Uh, 10 turn. 8-6 something. Anyways, I blocked both straights. I go yeah, to yeah. X pot turn. He calls... Winner of the main event, boys and girls. <laughs> River was like some uh, complete blank. I go all in for a 3-X pot or whatever. Um... Oh, Beirut is saying it was Queen 7 on a 9-8-3, 10-deuce board. Esmond's memory about hands is... Queen 7 on 9-8... 9-8-3, 10-deuce board. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, you exactly. block there 7 we go, there we go. And We got that. Fucking yeah. chat pros correcting yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> How dare they? This is a champion. And apparently Mickey folded King 10. Yeah, King 10. Which I think like would have been a ridiculous call, to be honest. I would have been fuming if he called that. Because like... When you face 2x pot on the turn <laughs> and 3x pot on river in high ICM, you, you don't call top pair for all the chips. <laughs> right. You need like at least like uh, like jack 10 is like infinitely better, uh, queen 10, even like queen 8 or some shit where at like least you block seven. the straight in a pair. Yeah. Because like when you go for these sizings, you, like I'm not doing this with bottom two pair or some shit, right? right? I have like a straight or like a set or something. So I think it would be kind of, yeah, I, I would be fuming. But he was in a tank for like a long time and I was sitting there and... Yeah, I don't know how well I handled We're going to have to review that uh, footage. It was not on a featured table. I don't know if it was, they... It wasn't I don't think feature. they featured this table. No, no they, they didn't. didn't feature you. But it was um, hilarious because they cut to you afterwards and you just hear Mickey saying, if I had Queen 10 there, I'm going to fucking snap you off. <laughs> like, he was so close time. to calling t King 10. Yeah. He just didn't believe you. Yeah. He was right. Maybe yeah. I gave up something. <laughs> yeah. Maybe my neck was pulsing. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we need to get back in the meditation lab. Maybe. <laughs> what I think instead of meditating, this is what I like to do. I like to balance for the way that I'll react when I'm bluffing by doing that whenever I know that I'm calm. And if I had 18 and a half minutes, I would have done everything He's going to be sitting there twitching. <laughs> I would have done everything physically imaginable to work a call out of this fucking guy. <laughs> I would have, talk to him? I would have, my eyes would have been darting. I would have like given him a quick glance, catch his eye, look away. I would have given him like a shoulder shrug. Like <laughs> Every fake tell shit. you can think of. Yeah. yeah, any fake tell I can think of. I would have looked like Scott Seaver out there. like <laughs> <laughs> Just you, try to work Would it. you try to talk to him? Uh, no, I always think that that conveys strength. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. then you're too comfortable. That's why I do it when I'm bluffing. <laughs> mm -hmm. Sure. 
Every yeah. time he makes eye contact with you, just like cocktails. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, I'm not sure if I think talking conveys strength. It just conveys something. And yeah. I think it's difficult to strike I mean, a balance with it. I know for it. me, usually when someone's comfortable enough to talk, they, I lean towards thinking they more likely have it. Mm -hmm. Unless if I'm being completely honest, when recreationals talk, I snap them off. And when pros talk, I immediately fold. Really? Yeah, because like pros are thinking about how to talk and recreationals are doing it out of fear. Uh, like they're afraid that you're going to call. But I think if you talk to a recreational, they will fold. Because yeah. they're thinking if, yeah, I, yeah, if that yeah, was I me, I yeah. would not feel comfortable to talk. Sounds like a lot of mind games going you on. Have yeah, to, you know, that's, you that's have live to. poker. So many levels to this game now, right? It's 2022. I mean, who's going to waste their time studying math <laughs> when you could just like look a guy in the face and say, Sorry, bro. You don't <laughs> got it this you time. You don't got it. I got King 10. I called. Honestly, yeah. though, you think I would have King 10? I, I know you're kidding, but when I came to the World Series and started grinding this, I honestly felt, why the fuck have I been studying for the last few years? <laughs> that yeah. makes no sense. I'm not kidding. I built a whole company around this, and everybody flamed me to the point where I had to start putting out real material. <laughs> and now they're going back to flaming yeah. you. It's like, yeah. this is not how poker works. Of course, works. like, if you show up to the World Series and you look at 90% of the field, it's just like, what do I care about how blind versus blind plays? This guy is dumb. <laughs> whoa, He's whoa, just... Whoa, whoa. But he, he like he folded kings like day one. Oh like, yeah, that was that was the most ridiculous. Yeah, thing. that was hilarious. Yeah, and it's just classic WSOP. Like you don't know how to react to this shit. Yeah, he was like, such a nit though. He was so tight, and then he yeah. I don't even want to talk. Forget about that, huh? <laughs> it's a, we all get value bluffed, you know. Yeah, the value bluff. Yeah, it was. That's the beauty of that hand. Uh, so for anybody who doesn't know, Espen led like seven ways on a queen high board, got raised. <laughs> yeah, uh, he had two kings calls. Turn is like no. the best card in the deck. Oh, yeah, I got raised. Yeah, it's like queen yeah. seven yeah, yeah. six, right? Uh, it was like queen seven four, queen eight four. Yeah, queen seven four. Turn is a four, which is like the best card in the deck for his hand after yeah, yeah. getting raised. He checks and the guy bombs and he's just like, well, main event, respect my tournament life. These guys are the nut low. I'm going to win it anyway. It doesn't really matter what I do. So you know what, buddy? I'm going to sail these kings into the muck because I'm a goddamn professional. Here you go, fold. And the guy just windmills queen jack over in yeah. a proud manner of like, of course I had top pair. Nice fold, young man. Yeah. Yeah. I was protecting against ace king, I guess. I don't know. He didn't want you to hit that he ace. Yeah. He's not protecting yeah. against he anything. Hit, he hit top pair. It's the ace. Yeah. He's protecting against the ace. Yeah. Have you ever seen the card that comes with the deck that lists the hand rankings? Top pair is very high up. <laughs> it beats, it's hard to make top pair. It beats no pair. Yeah. It beats worse one pairs. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. For sure. That's, no, that's not on the list, man. Doesn't that's not on the hand ranking. You, you <laughs> clearly <laughs> have not seen the hand, hand ranking list. What it's, a, nope, it's high card, one pair, two pair. They don't tell you how good top hair is. That's fair. They don't mm -hmm. tell you how good it is. Wow, you're we right. can we can extrapolate a little bit. No, we can't. <laughs> We're going off of the hand rankings chart. Well, so, butterfly effect though. If he doesn't fold kings, he doesn't win. I was thinking. So, I yeah. literally sure. was thinking the same yeah. thing. Like that. So uh, everything's like, different, right? Yeah. And then, yeah. Well, what happens well, if he wins it in nine days? Probably. I don't know. What happens if you just bag 150k? Send that poor sap no, packing. I'm, I'm too cocky for day two. Then you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now I came in humble and relaxed. Yeah. No pressure. I like, could have max late registered and have three times the stack I have now, but here's where I'm at with, with 19k. I was at a barbecue like before day two and everyone was talking about how much they bagged and I was like, yeah, I bagged like 18k. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be, yeah. And everyone was like, yeah, you know, everything can happen. You can spin it up. It's fine. Yeah, you can. You did indeed. Mm -hmm. See, thank God for good friends. You yeah, know, yeah. they're just there to support you. Yeah.
I was uh, gonna just leave my stack, you know, and fly home to just Norway. Just abandon it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were just gonna go home. Yeah, you're done. You can't win the main event. This, this was your first main event. Yeah. So really? I guess <laughs> Joseph. First World Series. First World Series. Two bracelets in his first. Wow. What a fucking joke. Jesus wow. Christ. Where's Dan O'Brien? Where's Dan O'Brien? Like I just showed up and I was like, why did I do all this studying? It's hilarious because we were thinking of flying out last year so it was like november right yeah, yeah. well and October, instead, yeah. we went to thailand but we were all like debating like none of us had grinded a world series but we were still on the fence you know traveling from europe to america booking houses there's like a lot of covid stuff and they were like oh fuck it let's just go to thailand so we went to thailand for a few months instead of going to the WCP. Well, and, and now he just comes, wins two bracelets at the main event. The rest of us appreciate it for giving us a chance. <laughs> uh, I couldn't win for the Council of Dan, so I had to bring in my substitute from Norway. A tray. Oh, this Esten, was your doing. Mm -hmm. for That's double nice bracelet. of you to let yeah, Double yeah. bracelet bings. That was very good. Bracelet and a half. Joke, jokes aside, oh, 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 oh. What, what was it like to basically come into day two with a nub? Because I've been in that spot before, and I also spun it, but I remember what my mentality was, and it was not like, I'm going to cling to these chips and play well. It was... No, but I mean, like, you come into day two with 18k, and I had, like, 33 bigs or something. Like, mm -hmm. I have, it was okay, you know? Like, it's not, it's not like a lifeline. I mean, it's not like you're ready to bust. Right. Yeah. You still have some maneuverability, and, mm. like, most, like, for day one and day two and day three and stuff, like, all your tables are going to be amazing, right? Usually. Um, you're just a fucking robot like there was no part of you that was emotionally invested to bagging a big stack like you're just like oh, this is this is what they gave me I honestly like from the streams that we've done it's one of the things he gets the most love for in twitch is like there have been so many times right where he's like one of 11 with like big five figures or low six figures up top and then he'll just like ft bubble or he'll come like eighth or ninth and he's like that's just poker yeah, and, he, and I literally will, will like, will, will like continue. He'll continue grinding like sixty left of some bowl two fifteen on ACR. Right? Internally, like, how are you feeling? No, but like, he, like he actually embodies that shit, and like everyone in chat's just like, like, how are you not upset? He's just like, well, like I was super lucky to get here, and it's just like, yeah, okay, fair. Yeah, that like, that's really, such a great mindset. It really yeah, is a great yeah, mindset because like he yeah, just literally like the next day he'll wake up, continue grinding, and he's already let go mm -hmm. of that outcome, and that just allows him to just crush the next day. Some people hold on to that for weeks and yeah. they'll lose for weeks. Yeah. Yeah. No, I still call one of the guys at the win like a shit wreck <laughs> from like four years ago because like he beat me in a two K pot. You're not the only one that does that, Henry. You're not alone. You're not alone. I learned that mentality very young as, as a baseball player, uh, particularly as a relief pitcher. Uh, you know, when you, when you come out and the game's on the line and you're expected to throw a handful of pitches, sometimes you fail. You're expected to get up and do it again the next day, right? So it's like that was ingrained in me at a very young age. However, when I do that on a stream and come in 1-11 and, and final table bubble, I only see... 150 people in my chat telling me how much I stink and how I'm never going to win a fucking tournament. And they're not wrong. No, they're right, yeah. <laughs> they're 100% on par. I just got to nod along and be like, yeah, I'm a cash game player. Like, that's what, you know, that's... You yeah. also get, like, 20 messages in our chat about each right. hand that you lost. Uh, I, I will say I do get some level of um, pleasure. Out. I know. No, no, no. Not out of, like... Not, not out of uh, gaining sympathy. I, that's not why no, I send them. No. I send them because I want it to be like a crime scene. Where it does read like a crime scene. Yeah, yeah. you read the hand and you're just like... Black and white. 
Yeah. I, I just imagine that like you guys are reading the hand and you like take a cigar out of your mouth and you just go, oh my God. You mean like the lightning? No, it's not like that. It's just like, wow, this is depressing. It's just like hand after hand yeah, after good. hand. Yeah, that, yeah. That's good. I, I want to, you know, really get you guys. Wait, why yeah. do you want to give people sadness? It's not sadness. I want you to know the reality that exists for you. No, it, it exists for you. No, no, no. No, for all of you. <laughs> Even Espen. If for it you. exists for me, he it just, must exist for he you. He just uh, got front-loaded all the good news. Now, <laughs> it's all downhill from Yeah, him. now yeah, comes yeah, yeah. all the pain, my man. How many <laughs> but I now I can't feel pain I, ever again. Like, that's true. Any bad beat now, and I'm going to be like... Okay, I have that coming. Okay. Uh, yeah. Exactly, yeah. 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 Well, you also, you, you did have pain with the Luna thing. Uh, true. True, 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 true. Yeah, that's yeah, actually a really good story. Uh, tell us a little bit. I know you wrote about it. It's a good story. Well, it's, it's a feel-good it's good story, good story now. now. Oh, a feel-good story now, yeah. 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 Other than getting fucking rugged for seven figs, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that adds character. Yeah. yeah Otherwise, yeah. we're just talking about He's saunas and like, smoothies hey, all day. You know what happens? Sometimes you, you just get rugged in uh, you crypto. Clearly, and move on. I'll, let's move on to the next project. You clearly sacrificed your Luna bag for an eight-figure million-dollar win yeah. bag. Yeah. It was all. This was planned. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> what happened was okay. So I got into crypto probably like a little bit in like 2007, near the peak top in 2007. Uh, but I got in really. That's like, super early. Wait, 2007? 2017. 2017. Oh, I know. I was like, fuck you for waiting the minute. Bitcoin came around in 2009, so I'm clearly just like, fucking lying. He's like, yeah, so I bought a pizza. Okay, so I got in in 2017 a little bit, but then I got in properly in 2019, 20, probably. Something like that. I got in at Bitcoin 12K, maybe. Okay. Um, for like a decent position, like uh, I think I got in for like 100k or 120k or whatever, and then um, the bull run came and Bitcoin went pretty high. So I diversified because, like at that point, I was like heavily invested in crypto because number only goes up. This is a lot of fun mm -hmm. and it's free money. Of course, yeah, it's right. baby so it's been, listening to every <laughs> listening to every crypto podcast, reading white papers, being like super fucking all in. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> How, how narcissistic are we as a community? Because all of us did this. I know. Yeah. We and we all, all immediately this. thought we became sharp. Of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought I was It's easy so to sharp. fall into that trap, right? Yeah. yeah. But then at some point I was like, okay, this is actually taking a lot of time out of my day and I don't have as much time as I want to be dedicating to other things like studying poker, fitness, other things, you know? So I was like, okay, I should probably just like try a different strategy. So I decided to just follow the smart money instead. Like um, not really try to solve it myself, but like, Listen to the good podcasts to like stay kind of in you the You did loop. your own research. Yeah, like I, I did not uh, do my own research. <laughs> I decided to let smart people do research and I would like copy trade or whatever. Um, but I had a friend who got into crypto trading and he was like really sharp. He's like one of the smartest people I know as well. So he got into, he was pretty early in uh, Avalanche, Solana, Luna, a lot of the alternative layer ones. So I, I kind of just copy traded him, bought... Um, Phantom, AVAX, Luna, uh, Solana, ETH, Bitcoin, whatever. Luna, uh, he was mostly bullish on Luna. And a lot of, like Luna was crazy because they had so many like big investors behind them, you know? Mm -hmm. Like the uh, Three Arrows Capital, who's like not that famed anymore because they went down <laughs> in flames. Right. But like, they were like, if you, like half a year ago or a year ago, Three Arrows Capital was regarded as like the fucking top dogs. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. They knew their shit, you know? Uh, so they were behind it, and um, yeah, some other um, um, big names were behind it. So, okay, so my Luna position was, um, I think I went in 
with like 50k or something in i think when luna was like average price six or seven dollars wow wow um so pretty early yeah and i, I think at peak it was like 120 or something mm -hmm. yeah um and at that point i had diversified because when you're in luna you get airdrops for all these other projects as well um plus i bought some of the other projects as well so i had like uh, luna anchor astroport um mm. what else yeah a bunch of the terra ecosystem tokens right and they were all going like ballistic right they were all this they were yeah they were yeah. until they weren't <laughs> yeah um so at some point like that position in the terra ecosystem alone was worth like one point something million um and I was living in the UK at the moment. So I was like, okay, if I, uh, I was in, obviously not interested in having like two thirds of my net worth in like one fucking ecosystem in right. crypto because it's pretty like high risk, right? Uh, but I was thinking like, if I liquidate this position now and like switch it around, that's gonna be, thank you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, th that's gonna be like a big tax bill. Right. And I was like, I, I, I don't plan on living in the UK forever. Right. Um, I would rather live somewhere sunny and nice. So the plan was to move to Portugal later that year, where crypto is tax-free, it's sunny, it's nice. Uh, I wanted a change of location, so I was like, if I liquidate this position now, I'm going to pay like hundreds of thousands in taxes, while if I wait like three months or whatever, it's oh. going to be tax-free. Yeah. So I was like, I, I would rather do that, honestly. Yeah. Um, and we got punished for the Bad greed. Time. Got yeah. punished for the greed, which is totally fine. Like, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that was totally fine. Totally fine. And, and when it happened yeah. as well, when it happened, it happened in the middle of Goop, was it? Or was yeah. It? yeah, Scoop. It, was scoop, it happened yeah. in the middle of Scoop, like week two of Scoop or whatever. Right. Uh, and at that point, I had just been to Monte Carlo where I played played the 10k Mystery Bounty, played, it, played the 25k High Roller, played the, like the main... Minus couple, 55k or whatever. Yeah, it was minus 55k or whatever for that series. I was yeah. planning to play like a bunch of big stuff during um, Scoop as well. Mm -hmm. Planning to play a big World Series, play all the High Rollers and whatever. Yeah. And then this comes, like in the middle of my grind session, my friend DMs me like, uh, do you see what's going on with UST? And I'm like, no. <laughs> and I log in and I see that it's like losing peg a little bit and people are starting, starting to panic. Uh, I think it was like at my like 0 0.94 or something yeah. then, you yeah. know, uh, which is already pretty bad because like the whole thing behind Luna and UST was this uh, death spiral scenario, right? right? Where people uh, expect that if this starts sliding, there is no going back because, uh, yeah, it's like that mechanism is just going to go um, crazy and right. fuck it. So anyways, over the next three days that kept happening and most of my positions were in like staked uh, staked oh, no. projects like it's my luna was staked right. for 21 days yeah my anchor was not staked but um yeah most of it was yeah locked up unmovable so really yeah yeah, yeah 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 so there wasn't really anything i could do about it so i kind of just like okay this happened yeah let me see where the big 109 is and register that instead <laughs> yeah. <And> then, <laughs> this is fine bounty <laughs> bounty <laughs> 55 dollars yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and then yeah it was weird as well because we have like a group chat for streaming and he was like i just remember waking up and just like yeah can someone else stream today i need to deal with all of this shit and we're like wait what's going on and then you just like log online and it's just like oh shit the entire market is yeah. just absolutely yeah. collapsed yeah. It, uh, we it used to drive down. around thailand on our bikes singing uh luna to 1k <laughs> 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 like literally like yeah. we, we have these like memes that we like created where like i think philip just like photoshopped mine and espen's face <laughs> on the island boys and everywhere we would go we'd just be singing luna to 1k <laughs> 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 like, it was at, like, 100. and then as soon as it collapses 
Sponsors are just like, well, I guess we're not yeah. saying that you, you, went from like, uh, you went from checking the lobby from Scoop H to Scoop L. Yeah, yeah. Literally, yeah, yeah. Small L, yeah. but big W, we're back. So we're back, how much, if you don't mind uh, divulging, like how big of your net worth was invested in this project? So I think like I, I peaked at like 1.8 million or something net worth. And yeah. at that point I had like 1.1 million or something in Terra. Yeah. Mm. Oh my. Uh, but when it collapsed, my net worth was like crypto market has already been mm -hmm. sliding a bit at this point. So I think my net worth went from like 1.6 to 600K or something. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I lost like roughly a million. So uh, to be clear, because I, I obviously went through something similar, not to that degree, but like I was heavily invested in Bitcoin while it collapsed. Um, you were making all of your playing decisions based off of your peak net worth, right? Like it, yeah, yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't like as if you had your assets on a side and then you had a bankroll and all of your decisions were based off the bankroll. Oh, no, no. I was treating my bankroll as 1.8 million for Correct. sure. Like I was playing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's something that we Wait, how many suck buns at. Is that for the 25k? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would say that's something that like, no matter how many times you go through it, it's very difficult to not get out of that mindset. Like, um, you know, I spent the majority of my career never being rolled for the games that I was playing in. And then eventually I came into some level of wealth. But when I came into some level of wealth, what I noticed smart people doing is buying assets. Like, mm -hmm. okay, well, I've never had assets. So now suddenly I have a house, I have cryptocurrency, I've, uh, I'm, I'm diversified all over the place. And then I look around, it's like, uh, okay, well, I have a 200K bankroll, but I'm, my net worth is like, <laughs> you know, 10 to 20 X this, uh, I'm obviously not going to go back to playing 10, 20. This is silly. Yeah. So you just start to lump it all together. Mm -hmm. But the problem with assets is they're not always stable. Especially and not always liquid. If you're yeah, really definitely not always not liquid. liquid. <laughs> and not stable. Yeah. Right. So it's just like, if you start to say like, okay, well, my net worth is X uh, and I have access to Y plus borrowing power plus leverage and all this other stuff. I could easily maintain a high stakes career here with no problem. And then one day you wake up and your assets collapsed a little bit or there's been some sort of reverse and it's like, fuck, well, what am I going to do now? Maybe I am going back to playing. We never, look, we never look at the worst case scenario, right? And that's the, the, yeah. the problem. It's like, well, okay, if all these things happen or we do look at the worst case scenario and we think it's so, such a small probability that... Or that maybe it's even not that big or, of a deal. Right, like he still yeah. had 600K. Right, well, of course. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like the same thing with uh, how overly invested in Bitcoin I am personally. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, like I might have just lost half my net worth with Bitcoin dropping from 60 to 20, but my net worth is still relatively high. It's just such a goddamn inconvenience now yeah. because yeah. you can't liquidate now because yeah. no, right. you're, you're selling bottom. Right. Yeah, you're selling bottom. Yeah, it's yeah. like, if anything, I would want to buy more if I could. You still have the same amount of Bitcoin, though, whether it's 60 or 20. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you just have to wait till that right, becomes yeah, like the currency. You didn't lose any Bitcoin. No, you lost time. <laughs> yeah, you, you lost, lost a lot of time <laughs> and a lot of liquidity. Yeah. As long as you don't become a forced seller in these spots, right? Yeah. Like, that's the thing with these investments. Yeah. As mm -hmm. long as you don't become a forced seller, you're right. forced to liquidate People because you need liquidity. Super over leveraged. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Because that's the problem, right? If you're forced to sell the bottom, mm -hmm. then you're fucked. Yeah. Right. If you can sit and just, like, wait. Exactly. Like, I, I think most of us in this room, because we're poker players, and poker players in general are super biased towards cryptocurrency. Yeah. For yeah. the most part, like, mm -hmm. all of yeah. us are like, uh, you know. Luna to 1K. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> All, all, that's, all that's a valid point, but like how often are you taking profits on the way up? Yeah. 
Because we uh, <laughs> yeah. like personally like they I just didn't take profits. No, yeah. Yeah. Just stop buying I when mean, it's at the top, like and then when it comes back down, you start buying. On the way up to free to the point where you're free rolling yeah. yourself. Yeah, initial. If you and got then, in, like I got in at 16, I've been free rolling for five years. That's yeah. That's yeah. not helpful. This is my my, my mom's <laughs> mindset as well. Money. Like just to take out the, the what you put in because then you don't risk anything. But I think that's such like a weird mindset because does it matter what you put in? No, does no, it? Like what right. matters is like how fucked you are if it goes to zero, right? Like yeah. in terms of your network. Yeah, it's true. yeah, exactly. It's, like, it's, it's about it's, investment it's, right now in Thailand. Right. Yeah, if, if, <laughs> <laughs> I miss those times when the island boys were oh, yeah, all everywhere oh, and everything was going up. Yeah, like if you got into Bitcoin early and you have 25 coins and it's a 60k, like yeah. uh, to not take profits is very negligent. Like, uh, sure, a lot of us didn't do it, yeah. but it's it's very negligent because it's not about what that you risk to begin with. with. Maybe you only risked 25k to get those coins. So it's like if you look That's at it as true. a proverbial free roll. That's very silly because you've increased your net worth here now by hundreds. That's true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe but even a thousand. Yeah. The but smart thing to do is probably just like to DCA out of it, right? Yeah. yeah. Correct. Yes. Right. Correct. Like not be YOLOing. Put it into other stuff. That's, that's what people crypto. in their 50s do. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but when you're in your 30s, you're just like, well, I gambled to get here. I'll gamble to get I out. I mean, Landon, <laughs> Landon and I rode Jewel. Well, you got in at like 12 in Jewel. At Jewel? Oh, yeah. yeah. And the, but no, I was I in at three. Six, six and and then it went up to 22. And then it went back down to, well, now it's in. I don't know. It's less like than 50 cents. cents. I mean, it's, uh, 17 cents. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, this is great. I would it play this awesome, game. It was awesome, though. I was like, man. We were gardening. We had heroes. Dude, it was, it was we a were, short ride, we though. Making, like, you, you could just make like 80 Dude, bucks a day. I, it's, yeah. Oh, my it's God. Hard to but that stuff is all a short ride. Yeah. Like, yeah. The, the Bitcoin curve is so much longer. Mm -hmm. right? you know? It's hard to remove yourself from that euphoria phase, right? Like, when when it's at 60 or 70,000, everyone's like, well, it's going to 100. Why would I sell now? Right? But like, when everybody thinks it's going to 100 and everybody wants to be in the market, yeah. that's the time yeah. to start yeah. taking the profits. Uh, yeah. so everyone is in already. The right. it's, there's no more buyers. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the buyers? You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to yeah, call exactly. you real quick. We got fucked on Jewel, man. There was a, I the know. dev was like stealing shit. We got fucked. I you know. know. <laughs> we, no, they ended up being a rug. It literally did end up being a rug. Something tells me that this was predictable. But like, I profited. What's the point? Of course it's predictable. Of course it's all going to fucking zero. It was so much fun. I put so much of my fucking net worth into this goddamn thing. Your strategy was not good. Of course it was. I was just fucking having fun. You went with the most illiquid route. You went with all heroes. Yeah. And you were collecting the heroes, and then you formed emotional attachments to the heroes. They did this with NFTs, too. Like There was like a week and a half where Landon had an NFT addiction. It was honest to God like watching somebody with like a bad casino addiction. He's just coming in with these new cartoons. He's like, yeah, I, was, I fucking love this thing. I don't care what you say. It's he beautiful. Still, he still has his mecha soul. Uh, I still have. Still, I still he, have something that was worth. Yes, I you do. You got that one, and then you got so you kept the price so high because you didn't really want to sell it, <laughs> Land, and Landon, you never did. Landon for like uh, a, a two or three week stretch was just a janitor. He was just coming in with a broom every day, sweeping the floor. Uh -huh. I swept the floor on this today. We, had, we collectively swept the new. Floor. It was all the same we thing, bought, like, though. A hundred of them. We had so, we had so many in my boy Zach. We, we don't in, get rid of these we're things. We're in the dude, Discord, like. 
we love you guys. Yeah. And it's like uh, everyone's going crazy. Like, oh my god, gonna go who's to sweeping day? right now? I yeah. just imagine that with me. Laptops with the same. Hey with, we split up between two walls with two imagine laptops sweeping Discord so server. fast. No, yeah, yeah, but we were Discord. We were Danuki legends. We literally oh pub and dumped we the Danuki. Legends. So fucking legends. Literally, you, I did so well. <laughs> I did so well. Uh, just like playing online one month that I was like, you know what? Like, oh my, this is easy. Like the money, the money's not going away. So I'm just gonna keep playing. I'm just gonna put this money here. It's so easy. That goes away, no problem, right? But the difference in that situation is like, I was comping my skill set to be able to have that like renewable yeah. form of income. Right? Oh, that's you a fun trap to fall it's into. It's yeah. a little bit of it, yeah. yeah. Now, like, oh, if I, I extrapolate this to every month, that I'm super rich and I can afford to put all of this in. Yeah. In DeFi Kingdom's heroes. Yeah, but to 1K though. Like I get it. Like yeah. if you think it's gonna go to 1K, why would you sell? Right. You're the idiot then, right? Yeah. If you yeah. like, if you if you play the game of like true false, like Luna 1K, true. Yeah, you that's sell it hundred dollars. Hey, yeah, that's that's Luna definitely how investing works. <laughs> that's investing, right? It's so dangerous though. Like I, I learned like, because okay, I knew about like confirmation bias before this. How you'd like always take in impressions that you want to take in, uh -huh. and like you kind of like just hush away the stuff, the headlines that you don't want to read or the mm -hmm. yes. that you don't want to read, right? And I was aware of this concept, but after Luna collapsed, I was like, fuck, like I really had all the red lights. Like there were like so alarm bells, right? you know, yeah. Yeah. a lot of smart people were saying this, this death spiral is coming sooner or later, you know, it is going to happen. And I was just like, yeah, no, like there's too many smart people behind this. And I kept like a rigid. Re Regurgitating? Regurgitating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, okay, I'm not going to try to use fancy words anymore. Um, <laughs> like, I was trying to tell myself that um, there's too many smart people and blah, 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 and I was in so early that I became, like, a fanboy or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, fucking worshipping the Kwan, yeah, you know? Yeah, you feel like, loyal oh, to it because, like, yeah. you've yeah. been in since the beginning. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't Gigantic Rebirth, like, bet against the Kwan back in, like, November yeah. or October and when like, we were in, like, And he's, like, one of the sharpest, sharpest guys, right? Literally. He's yeah. just, like, yeah. Uh, NFTs are just like CryptoPunks are just going to be worth X amount. Yeah. And everyone was like, no way. Yeah, bet. And he's like, okay, bet. Like 50 mil, let's go. And then like <gasps> March rolls around and shot I remember that. He like said that like... Luna would be worth less than certain amount it was by 80... a, a certain time Yeah, frame. I think it was like Who at 85 this? or $86 when they made this bet. And they said a year from now, it'll be worth more or less. And it was like a $10 million bet I mean, or something. That's like that. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, it was like yeah. a $1 bet with uh, so, all gods I mean, Luna still first. has a chance to get back up to $86 oh God, Brian, before... We love you, Brian. Uh, <laughs> Luna 2 or... <laughs> Luna 2.0. Yeah. True. Uh, so you're not exactly a young buck, even though I think to most you're pretty fresh on the scene. Uh, I've only become aware of you in the last year or so. And it was largely because you were partnered with uh, Henry for Overbed Express. Uh, this isn't your first rodeo. I'm sure you've been up and down in poker a bunch. What do you do now that you have all of this money? You've, you've had the, the ride up and the fall fast in crypto. I'm certain without knowing much of your, your backstory, you've had the same sort of trajectory in poker at least a time or two. Honestly, Where do you I, invest? I haven't really had that. Like I've been in poker since 2004. That's so crazy. But I've never had like... Because, you know, back then, poker was so easy. You didn't have downswings. I, I think I had, Speak like... for yourself, buddy. <laughs> no, but honestly, for, I, I had, like, 50 bucks to begin with or something on yeah. uh, Stars back in 2006 or whatever. And from that point, I think, like, till 2000... And I don't remember when was the first time I had to deposit. I think it was, yeah, after Black Friday. Wow. Um, before Black Friday, I, I didn't have one losing month. Not one losing month That's for wild. like yeah. eight years or some shit. I don't know. Like like. What were you playing years. mostly? 
Cash games. Like I played, um, I started playing sit and goes and then I played tournaments for a little bit, but I played heads up cash for mm-hmm. six years or something. I was also playing cash games for most of it and it was so easy. Like it was just free money. Like you said, this is just like an online ATM or whatever it felt yeah, like, yeah. you know? Um, <laughs> I want to try And for the last years as well, online I've been mostly ATM. playing cash games. Like, uh, I started playing MTTs like three or four years ago, I guess. Before mm-hmm. that, I was playing cash games on like soft Euro sites. And it was a similar concept there. Like you did, just didn't have downswings. Yeah. Because Sounds like an oxymoron. Soft Euro sites. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, no, but yeah. Like, At the uh, time it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. No, but th- th- these sites are still very soft. Yeah. Uh, like the smaller sites. Like any smaller site. Okay. Like you're going to have to deal with like shitty software and whatnot. But the games are great, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so if like I was playing uh, NL200, NL400 on these sites. Um, and yeah, there was... Somewhat variance-free, I would say. Was this that is like the, the higher first... stakes on the site? Yeah. Okay, yeah, right. Yeah. So, like on those sites, like games stakes-wise were lower, but games are good and worth still yeah. playing because your winner was so high. Four hundred euro was like the max stake right. on this site. Yep, mm-hmm. makes sense. And um, yeah, and it was insane, Great. absolutely yeah. insane. So it was first when I started playing MTTs. Now that I had my first downswing, like a few years ago, I went from like a two hundred k net worth to a hundred k net worth, but I was being pretty fucking stupid as well. I was playing like 5Ks mm-hmm. and not selling action and stuff like that, you know, with yeah, the 200K yeah. bankroll. Yep. Because I was like, my mindset was, okay, I have these cash games that I'm like crushing variance free. So if I go on a big downswing, I'll just like grind it back up or mm-hmm. whatever. And yeah. that was my mindset. And I, I, I said it was stupid, but honestly, I don't think it was stupid. I think it was probably totally fair because it was yeah, pretty variance free. I, I think... I think in situations like that, your risk of ruin is actually still low. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the difference between 200K and 100 isn't much no, to... No your like life inconvenience or even your bankroll um and it's not like you're gonna go from 100 to zero at a really high frequency and i was living in a cheap european city i was living in estonia in Tallinn. it's super cheap Uh, i don't have an expensive lifestyle i i I live like pretty humble i don't wear fashion clothes or whatever so like i didn't really feel like the risk of ruin was there even like yeah felt like zero that makes a lot of sense like in the sense of going from 200 to 100 but like if you have a five like you play 5ks you don't sell and like you win a couple hundred k like that's pretty massive going from like one to five or like 100 to a million like 100k to a million versus going from 200k to 100 where it's like yeah i'm just gonna play these same stakes i was playing before and go back to a 200 and try again yeah lifestyle doesn't change exactly nothing Nothing changes changes. just the amount of overall dollars what about when you get it up to five million (laughs) yeah now i don't know honestly i haven't thought about it i haven't really thought about it yeah, maybe um, something to meditate over. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> uh, I, I think like, oh, because when you get to five mil, right? Like you're, if I want to be set for life now, I could ish be, right? Yeah. Um, like you, if you look at like the 4% rule or whatever, like the average like income you can get from investments and stuff, it, it, I, I can comfortably live on the People say that it's, a, it's so easy. I, I don't know that in in modern day i mean don't get me wrong i'm sure you could it like probably depends where you live you, you could find a money manager yeah. or something like that Financial and, advisor. and yield four percent pretty easily i guess yeah but uh i don't want to speak for you but like as you accrue wealth um especially as a poker player i think it's very difficult to just lock up a large chunk of your net worth into a very low interest yield mm. and then just like live very moderately off of the benefits of that yield when you're programmed to be a calculated risk taker and there are a lot of high interest yields 
or high interest ventures that you can invest in that come with a larger risk of ruin. But, you know, we consider ourselves somewhat sharp. Like, do you see yourself moving more into the conservative pathway or like, I, I can't imagine you just stop taking risks. No, I'm just I'm just waiting for the next crypto bull run now, so I can sure. find the next Luna with like yep. fucking forty percent interest. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, it's good yeah. timing. Yeah. The five hundred million. million. The 500 million. <laughs> really? How you do it? No, I mean of course, like now I have to like slow down and like actually think about it, right? Mm -hmm. But I th I'm gonna take some risk, like not insane risk, but I'm gonna take some risk for sure. And I'm also like pretty. I'm not that risk averse in general. Mm -hmm. Like you say, I'm not a young buck anymore. For sure, I'm 34. But I don't feel like 34, you know? I don't have a family. I don't, I don't have anything. Like, I travel around and I don't have a girlfriend. I don't have, like, a loan. I don't have uh, any assets. Like, I'm pretty fucking... Yeah. Yeah, I can do stuff. Uh, like, it's not gonna... It's not gonna influence anyone if I lose a bunch of my net worth or whatever, right? Of course, now with... Well, you'll uh, be a cover story, but other than of that... Of course, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, like, with... Uh, um, six mil or whatever, it's not gonna be... Uh, I'm not going to do that anymore because now I have a bit more to lose. Uh, the, the goal was always to run it up to where I could play the highest stakes and like prove myself in the highest stakes, which is still the goal. Um, mm -hmm. But I'm not going to start playing 200Ks and take all my own action, of mm -hmm. course. Like, um, yeah, I'm going to like, play it pretty responsibly, but yeah. Those, so, those Euro sites sound pretty soft. Maybe you do. It's going to be hard to go and play NL400. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Probably. Yeah, you don't, work, you don't work for an hourly anymore. You work for a salary, so, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. So I guess that's a, a good pivot in uh, to the road ahead. Um, yourself, Henry, uh, there are a few other in the crew uh, for Overbet Express. You guys had built this platform prior to this massive, I hate to say it, windfall. Um, <laughs> <laughs> new bingo word. What? Well, yeah, new bingo word. Landon I mean, fucking that, beat it into the ground. That is I said a windfall. That's I said like it the, once that's a giga windfall. No, I mean um, that's a perfect. So, what is your what, what what's your path moving forward in poker? Uh, I know you're interested in playing high stakes, but what does that look like? Is it is it entering the high roller scene? Is it chasing these high stakes cash games? Is it all of the above? How big of a piece of yourself do you plan on on having? And then how does that fit into the overall vision of what you're trying to do as uh, a personal brand as the OB uh, Overbet Express brand, um, you know, as an ambassador for the game, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, we're still trying to figure that out. I'm still trying to figure that out. For sure, going to be playing as much high stake stuff that I can. Like now, I'm getting invites to some cash games that I otherwise would not be invited to mm -hmm. um, because a lot of these cash games don't really want to invite professionals too much. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like a private, limited access thing. Uh, but now uh, I have some people who want to play with me. Uh, so I get invites, which is cool. I'm curious to see how that works uh, and how long that lasts, if it's like the first month or if it's like the next year, we'll see. Um, for tournaments, just going to try to play a lot of the stuff and go really hard studying. I, I said it was useless during the WSOP, but <laughs> it's, not gonna useless. Useless. Yeah. it's not going to be useless yeah. in a 25 case when you're sitting right. with uh, yeah. Chidwick and Hacks. And, what and type of volume do you think you'll put in like year over year for call it average buying of 25K? All of it. All the good ones, I would say. Like, I, I'm not. Like, gonna... do you think you'll play 100 events? 125 Ks. Well, is there 125 average buying? Yeah. Like, you could play 100 K and sell down whatever. Um, no, I don't think it's going to be that much. 100 events with average buying 25 K sounds like a lot. I, I think that's probably right around what 
uh, the majority the of the high yeah. rollers are playing yeah. with, with re-entries obviously of course but there's a lot of game selection and festival selection in the that, that's kind of what i'm getting games, at is like yeah, are yeah, you yeah, just yeah. gonna be firing the high roller circuit like all I the tritons fire all the fire yeah I, I still want to play good games and like of course like um if there is like a lineup with only the top dogs i i don't really need to be dick swinging in that just yeah, yet yeah. I, yeah. I still like i i, I want to do it gradually you know i don't want to just hop in and like think that I'm like the best now because I want a lot of money. Sure. I, I still have a lot to learn. And you're saying you're not the best poker player in the world because you won the main event? <laughs> I'm trying to be humble, of course. I uh -huh. kind of think I am, but yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's interesting because like before the crypto crash and then obviously before the main, I remember like being at home in Thailand just like asking Espen like what motivates you, man? Like, you know, you have seven figs, crypto's going well, poker's going well, like where like where are you going to take this like what's gonna what's gonna need to happen in order for something to change and it was just like i'm not even doing it for the money anymore which kind of was a big wake-up call for me as well personally in the sense that he just wanted to compete mm -hmm. for the sake of competing against top players and like you were talking about like legacy and just like wanting to battle with the best and like get into that stage and just enjoying the process and the journey of like getting to the high stakes realm it's an ego yeah. thing you know yeah. Like, because now I'm like, you you want I'm to be not... feared, like you want people to see your <coughs> yeah. screen name and be like, fuck, it's him to Nasaki. Like... I want Adamo to not cap his range on the turn because he knows he can get fucked on the river. If he does. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. that's what I need. That's what Pretty I need. High level, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It comes from like insecurities, like childhood insecurities and shit yeah. like that. I guess where you like feel you have to prove yourself. You have to prove yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I guess if I was a crusher in kindergarten, I wouldn't feel this. But <laughs> <laughs> that's because you would have already peaked. You know, like yeah. you don't want to peak in kindergarten. You don't want to peak in kindergarten. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Definitely not. It's a big trap, that's actually. Right. Yeah. A crusher. It's a long road down. Yeah, you don't want to yeah. be a kindergarten crusher, bro. No. But I want all yeah. those kids in kindergarten. I'm not gonna and, lie. I was kind of yeah, killing yeah. it in first grade and. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but, it, like, you, I'd, you speak... I'd prefer to be down and go up. Yeah. I may have peaked in first grade, I'm not sure. No. <laughs> well, like, that's the thing, right? Like, you never really want to feel like you've hit a peak, right? Yeah. Once you, like, yeah. you want to be growing towards Always something, building towards, towards something. something when it comes to, like, self-development or, like, career. Like, you always want to feel like you're kind of doing something more and, like, yeah. working towards something. But it's easy. Like, you don't want to make this thing be, like, the past. Like, your biggest achievement, so to speak, for like a legacy thing it's fine like i won the main mm -hmm. right like you have so much more life to live it's one tournaments tournament, to know? play it's one yeah. tournament yeah like i don't think anyone can like uh, i won the main like yeah. hey, you'd be surprised <laughs> you'd be surprised yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think the there's a lot of i think there's a lot of the community that if they won the main they would exit poker oh i agree mm -hmm. yeah. i've spoken to a lot of people this series that told me exactly this if i win the main i'm out of here yeah i'm done yeah i, I don't want to do this like a lot of people like there's a lot of people in poker i feel like that don't have the love for the game anymore mm -hmm. right they don't really want to compete they feel stuck yeah. they kind of just feel stuck they don't have any other life skills they yeah. they they've been in poker since 2006 and mm -hmm. they don't have a cv they don't have an education they don't have anything to fall back on yeah they kind of feel the need to do it and they yeah the which is i think there's another side to that coin though really I, I think there's the other side where there are a lot of people who've been in poker that long and they see the ceiling continually lowering and they recognize that they have uh, intelligence or ability or other things that can be leveraged in bigger markets yeah. for much, much greater return. And I think people then begin to take stock and say, like, what am I doing? Uh, yes, I get to play a game. Like, they, they very quickly begin to ignore all the upside of playing this game for a living. All the autonomy, all the ability to travel, the fact that you're playing a game as your job yeah. and 
all that other stuff. And then they start to focus on the fact of like, I'm not contributing to society. Uh, I don't do anything meaningful with my time. I could be getting, you know, a five X return, uh, applying myself in all of these other industries. And you start to lose a lot of self-worth mm -hmm. just getting lost in the wash, you know, being an average reg, if you will. Is, is that like, I'm not shooting shots. It's more from a relatability standpoint. Is that why you guys wanted to venture out and like, give more back to the community other than just playing by creating content. Cause like for me, content creation and commentary has nothing to do with the income side of things. Yeah. It's more just having a purpose and creating something and be like, I fucking made that. And if just yeah. one person gets value out of what I create, then it served its purpose. I don't mm -hmm. care if it makes me a hundred K, I don't care if it makes me zero. And like, I think like with what you guys are doing, Firstly, from like just like a friendship point of view and just like having a group of friends connecting and like having conversations, you got the cameras on, but it's whatever, like you really strengthen those bonds as friends, but also just like by giving back to the community in the form of a podcast where it's just like a show that everyone in your community can come and hang out. Like, I don't know where I'm going with that, but it's more <laughs> just like, yeah, like creating stuff. Do you enjoy the things you create? I love, I, honestly, when, we, we, when, when we sit down and we brainstorm <clears throat> stuff and then we're like, okay, we have zero clue how we're going to do it, but we're going to give it a fucking try. Yeah. And then, you know, we get one comment mm -hmm. or a thousand views or whatever it is. And one person's like, I really enjoyed this. It's like, yeah. it was worth it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Worth I, it. I think for me, it's slightly different. Um, uh, the, the origin of all of this that we see here now, Sulfur Y and everything else, um, <laughs> it kind of was born out of the same sort of uh like halt and take stock moment that espen's going through right now uh when when i was getting the opportunity to play the super high roller bowl in 2016 i was coming off of uh the worst downswing that i'd ever had but prior to that it was it was the most uh wealth that i had ever had when so i i had been in high stakes at that point for four years or so, and I had accumulated millions. And prior to that, I had never had more than a couple hundred thousand. Mm. So what happened during that big downswing that turned right around when I had the opportunity to play uh, the Super High Roller Bowl was I realized that uh, I was coming closer and closer and closer to what my, my peak expectation was in the poker community. And I was also very... Uh, understanding of the fact that the the high stakes private cash side of things was very fleeting, right? Like I was getting maybe on average 25 or 30 plays a year. So I had to do the best that I could out of like 400 hours mm. and try to make as much as I possibly could while also answering to a backing group while also uh, playing tournaments on my own dime yeah. trying to run it up in that regard and, and things of that nature. So basically I just got to a point where it was like, okay, you have a lot of wealth now and it's not going to grow exponentially any longer. Mm -hmm. Like that ship has sailed. When, you, when you're going from zero to a hundred thousand or even a hundred thousand to a million, million um, as you increase stakes, as you increase your ability and things like that, your wealth tends to grow exponentially, right? The return uh, is is rather rapid and compounding. You get to move up rapidly and all these other things. Once you start to break a certain barrier, once you have a million, two million, five million, whatever, 
uh, the stakes are no longer really high enough. You just start to become properly rolled and you need to sell less action or you need to have backing less often. Um, but they become so much more volatile and so much more fragile. Your ability to even remain in the arena has nothing to do with how good you are now. It has everything to do with your network. It has everything to do with how likable you are. Mm. Uh, it has everything to do with how sustainable that particular environment is, right? Um, the guys that I've been playing with for that better part of a decade uh, would all welcome me into a game tomorrow. But the vast majority of them aren't running games any longer. And now this new wave has taken over and like my access to high stakes is very different. So I think I kind of saw the writing on the wall and I knew that poker wasn't going to fulfill my competitive and creative side enough any longer. Um, and content I just saw as being very, uh, it was just very ripe for the picking. There were so many things we were lacking, right? November 9 was still a big deal back then. Uh, and it always just, boggled my mind that these guys could make the biggest final table in our entire industry and have the biggest moment of their lives and then spend that three, three and a half months doing nothing. Yeah. Almost across the board. I, we had a close friend, Phil Collins, make the November 9 in 2011. And like across the board, nobody did anything. Mm -hmm. They didn't leverage their spot. They didn't really train. They didn't uh, create any content around it. Like it was just... It was so far ahead of its time. If November isn't 9 was now, fear of like if you, so you make the the November 9, you start creating content and you bust 8th or 9th <laughs> sure. and then everyone's like, "Well, you're just a fucking idiot." I don't um, think it was that. I think what it was is that almost nice. every single person uh until the November 9 ended, that was the biggest score of their career. Yeah. Cuz high rollers weren't a thing yet. No, of course, yeah. Right? Yeah. So they have like half to 90 to 100% of themselves of now a seven figure score and mm. they have a chance to win upwards of eight to 10 million, yeah. right? So for them, it's just like a vacation where they get to do the press tour. That's right, I win anyways. So yeah. many of yeah. them would just fucking go to Europe, play WSOP Europe. They would, uh, you know, go to Florida and play the, the Sherpo and stuff like that. And it was just to get their shine. Yeah. It was just to be celebrated by the, the other peers in their oh, community. Like, good luck, man. Yeah. Like, good luck in the November 9th. Right. Rather than recognizing this is a once-in-a-career <laughs> opportunity. <laughs> they're going on their celebrity tour. 100%. Yeah. It's like yeah. a, and they're not being paid for right. it. Not, they're not being compensated for tour. it. Yeah, they're, they're not being compensated for it. They're doing all the podcasts, all the news articles. Everything's being written about them. Yeah. But it's literally their 15 minutes of fame. Yeah. If they yeah. don't actually win it and then do something with winning it, they disappear. Yeah. Wow, right? They really should bring like back that's the, the time nine. to start an OnlyFans. Yes. <laughs> yes. That is the yeah. time to start OnlyFans. So yeah, I mean like content creation for me is a lot more selfish uh, uh, of an endeavor. I agree and I believe in everything that you're saying also from the selfless side. Like I want to fill holes in this industry that I think need to be filled. Yeah. We do a daily show because there isn't one. Mm. And we think that it's of high value to this industry. Super high value. Do you think mm. that they should bring back? I feel like they should bring back to November 9th. I think they should, but they great from like a press perspective. But they won't. Yeah. They won't because of TV. Mm. It was an ESPN thing, right? Like okay. mm -hmm. uh, the reason it ended was because either the ESPN contract was up or they didn't want to adhere to it any longer. But in any event, like I, I don't think. I mean, television is just a whole other thing that's gone. Yeah, it'd be pretty nice if it was because uh, like making the content because like obviously we get like eighth or ninth, it kind of sucks. But if you win, you now have that like documentary of like what it was like before playing the main like during and after of like okay i spent this three months doing this this is how yeah. i trained this well that's is who I trained that with. that was 
a hundred percent the brainchild for dead money mm -hmm. the the doc that we did for uh poker go it's yeah. crazy it's like you look at like counter-strike or esports for example like they've figured it out they've created yeah. storylines they've created rivalries they've created you know these characters within the industry that people can either love or hate and it's something that I feel like in poker, in terms of content creation, we're still so early on. Mm -hmm. Well, we that, don't have a we don't have a major platform driving it. Not yet, no. Right, we're but all like, doing it autonomously. Yeah. on our own. But you have like you know Rampage, Nimi, uh, Brad. You know those guys as like the the first people kind of like venturing out on their own. But there still isn't those like storylines and rivalries and like people still haven't figured out a way to make the consumers of content invested in the outcome of what happens. Because it doesn't happen at the individual level, right? Everybody yeah. would have to coordinate underneath something, right? Yeah. Like if we created like Vlogger Inc and uh, created a brain trust at Vlogger Inc that then pulled in or incentivized all the vloggers to operate under us. Mm. And we then created the rivalries, the storylines, the, yeah. the things people should care about uh, and then compensated them as such you would see a massive spike. What they should do is do like two months, two million, but have, there's so many clicks of groups. People tend to have, they, they operate in their groups in poker and have a, everyone like bring their friend group together and have them compete. Yeah, no, like the idea, obviously, the idea is great, but when you say they, who's they? It just sounds like that scene from Anchorman at the end where they all just, like, start trying yeah. to kill each other and fight. Like, <laughs> yeah. You've got, the, like, the Dutch crew, the Norwegian yeah, right. crew. Rick's got a grenade in his like, hand. But, like, that's the thing. That's the thing. In esports, they play under a flag, yeah. right? They, they compete for a league. Under an org, yeah. Uh, yeah. Under an org, yeah. Uh, yeah, and that doesn't exist in poker, yeah. so. But it could. Yeah. Not it, think could, it could. But like you would need Kerry to decide that that's the route he wants to go and invest millions of dollars into it. All and right, it's just like it. very low probability because right. the path to return is not clear. Kerry, if you're watching, we want to start a league. Yeah, we want yeah. to start a league. I mean, Alex Dreyfus tried this with, uh, with the Global Poker League. And, you know, I think it was a, an okay idea that was executed very poorly. Mm. But I think it's a, a good demonstration of how difficult the execution aspect is. Yeah, but the problem with that is that you just have you have business minds trying to Correct. execute on a, what a creative mind needs to be executing on. Exactly, like, especially in a, works. in an uh, in a new industry like this. Yeah, right. Like esports is a little bit easier because the gameplay itself kind of sells. Mm. It's it's fascinating to watch a game play out. Yeah, we still yeah. haven't really figured out how to make poker uh, interesting to watch. Yeah, we've lost that luster a little bit. Um, yeah. So yeah, that, that makes it challenging. It's interesting because like we see like viewership from metric standpoints so, of like streams, like call like hustler streams and be like, oh, like there's like 5K concurrent, there's 7K concurrent. But there's other things when it comes to like league or other sports games where like it's hundreds of thousands of people watching. So like yeah. it's really hard to kind of figure out how to make poker become like that because maybe it's just capped. You can't. Well, and also yeah. like, a, I mean, sure those games are maybe more interesting to watch, but I, there's a lot of them that I don't understand what's going on and I would never watch it. It's, yeah. I don't think that the games are inherently interesting on their own. Some are, some aren't, but like you have, the, the point is you have the selection. Yeah. We just have poker. Yeah. It's not like we have, like we know that stud's not interesting to watch. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not like it's an option, <laughs> you know? Um, but I guess that does carry us into uh, like, what's next for, for Overbay Express? Like, obviously this is a massive 
opportunity for you guys uh, having him kind of lead yeah. the way. It's interesting. As if he's not in the room, you know. <laughs> <laughs> when, when we started it, um, there was always this like, what if? Like, what if this happens? There are a lot of hypotheticals because we all, we're all friends, but we all have our own personal interests, right? Sure. And like, I remember when we first started, we even like speaking with like Galfon, just trying to get like some advice, you know, running like a, a brand and whatnot. He's like, well, for example, it might not make sense for Espen to be heavily involved in a year from now. And, you know, fast forward a year, he's just won the main. It doesn't make sense for him to be taking up 10 hours of his day streaming the Bounty Builder 215 now <laughs> right. going forward. Um, and it's the same with like Jonas. Like he was, he was all, always playing poker, but Jonas is one of those guys that just always excelled at anything he touched. Like sports betting made fucking millions. He just figured it out and did it on his own. Same with poker and he's similar to me in that sense where we hop onto something we get excited for a few months and then we kind of like want to do our own things so now with obex you know i've got the podcast he's just won the main it would be silly for him to not focus on like his personal brand and like just like really trying to be like a great ambassador and then just use obex as like an umbrella you know like any videos that we create tag obex or upload them and then if in a year's time it makes sense to like pursue it aggressively then we'll revisit it but i think for now um yeah personal brand is probably the way forward i think from my vantage point uh so first of all personal brand is important in the sense that uh people will gravitate towards a single individual more so than a flagship so yeah. to speak like if i could do this all over again i would have created the matt berkey YouTube account instead of the solve for Y YouTube yeah. account. And I think Doug is a good example of uh, how that's a proven metric. Proving that to be true. His, no, no, proven to be true. Yeah, proving that to be true. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah like his, his channel is like 10x that of Upswing. Yeah. Um, so I, I do think that what you're saying makes uh, a lot of sense. But secondary to that, what I think the opportunity that really lays before you guys is the ability to think bigger and get outside of the four walls of what you first envisioned Obex to be. And the reason I say that is because uh, by and large, when you're starting and you don't have any momentum in your favor, you're just trying to do what everybody else is doing a little bit better and a little bit more creatively. Mm. And if we look just at the black and white zoomed out version of like what Obex is, it's a group of friends that are putting on poker streams doing some vlogs and doing some podcasts. And that's literally poker YouTube in a nutshell, yeah. right? So the opportunity now then becomes your characters are a lot more defined because Espen is a celebrity. Your podcast is a hit. Uh, Jonas is crushing his little sector, right? So now it becomes a matter of like, how can you take that social capital and leverage it in a way that hasn't been done yet in this industry? And that's not to say that you should cast aside the things that have worked, right? Like clearly the podcast is going to be an anchor that you guys rely on. Um, but like the idea that Espen would ever stream a Sunday is borderline silly unless there's some bigger thing attached to it that he's trying to drive eyes to. Uh, so like from my vantage point, it becomes a matter of like, well, you have the one resource that a lot of people are generally lacking in this space. And that is... Uh, effectively time right because now 
his celebrity is not going anywhere anytime soon and he has capital to deploy anytime necessary that just means that you have like a lot of time for creativity yeah. uh and he's bought himself a lot of time because he doesn't need to grind 30 hours a week any longer right so uh i i guess like as a, a fan from the outside looking in i wouldn't scrap it right yeah. i i would i would find ways to uh envision it becoming bigger than you would have ever imagined right find ways even if it's just on paper not actually executing it but find ideas that lead to it being bigger than poker go right that's what we're always doing we never get there but like we're always brainstorming like if 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 we had decided tomorrow that poker go was the competition that we wanted to put ourselves in the ring with Mm. what would we do how would we do it how would we execute it what's the team necessary and oftentimes we just fall on like we don't have enough resources like we lack the team necessary we lack the capital necessary to deploy but ideas are very very uh dime a dozen you know so it's a matter of like when you start to align a bunch in a row and you say like hey we have the team in place for this now all we have to do is fundraise or uh have the passion to go forward with it execute you know what what do you want to do? Like, what do you what do you where do you see it going? Yeah, it's hard to say. Like, because in the beginning, you know, we had all these ideas. We wanted to like have streams going every day. Yeah. Uh, hire streamers or like get people under our wing that we could like coach and stake and whatever, yeah. and have them stream for us. Uh, we would be streaming some days ourselves. We would be doing a lot of duo streams and stuff like that. We had all these ideas like fucking rent a castle in France and have like a grind house for a month <laughs> during scoop and have students in there. I would love like to have giveaways for that. And we had all these ideas, you know, but in the end, like, yeah, like this Girl came up and that and came up and, and went like, to Thailand and did absolutely nothing for five months. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, like the, I think the drive just wasn't there enough for us as a group. Like we had a lot of like ideas and drive in the beginning. I remember some of those brainstorming sessions. We were like fired up. Yeah. But then like when it comes to execution, everyone is like, yeah, Actually, like, I have this and I have that, you <laughs> yeah, know? Right. Like, like, I, have to, I have to play <laughs> tomorrow. Like I mean, from a personal standpoint, what I would say uh, has helped me the most as we've grown this vision as best we can is always keeping scale in mind and just disregard the small stuff, mm. right? Like, some of those ideas sound fantastic, especially if you could start to apply scale to them, right? Yeah. Like, don't make it a castle where you bring in some students. Make it a village where you bring in... <laughs> Poker. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. Buy a village. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm joking, but I'm serious. Buy an like, entire town. No, you don't like, think you're trying to teach Eastern Europe, Romania, or Bulgaria. Like, <laughs> How many shekels internet. could that possibly cost us? We're fine. Buy a country. Buy Europe. Over Express Village. I'm being yeah. somewhat serious. Like, if if you were able to coordinate something like this, where you got OBX, you got Poker Code, you got Solve for Y, you got yeah. Run It Once, you got all of these already coexisting things mm. now all of a sudden this two months two million idea where it's a competitive arena right. yeah. is feasible and then each company the they decide to stake a certain group or whatever yeah. and then they compete against each other yeah like these ideas aren't so far-fetched now that you have so many more resources yeah. accessible to you i think the thing for us to not try and like put us in a different category but we're all gamers like we all come from like we just love gaming and yep. i think like especially with Philip at like the helm when it comes to like content creation, there was always going to be a cap on what we could do within the poker world, mm -hmm. right? Because it's just, unfortunately, the way that content con consumption works now is people want things as fast paced as possible, 
the highest levels of dopamine being released so yeah. you know tiktok instagram reels all that shit people don't want to watch someone tank for 30 seconds regardless right. of whether it's for 100k or not so there's a limit because of the game in terms of what we can do but gaming and maybe like a crossover or collaboration between mm -hmm. like the esports world and trying to bring new people into poker or vice versa mm -hmm. that's something that we could definitely like explore but again like even even starting our own org like to get a roster i was speaking with philip about this the other day like to get a roster that could even compete at a top 20 level currently in csgo it's going to cost us 200k a month oh, yeah, yeah to yeah, find yeah, like CSGO a bunch of like, like crazy. exactly but it's like in terms of like scaling like okay sure 200k would that be better off just staking like 10 belarusian crushes <laughs> that are like crushing like the the bounty 55 yeah no that's been done before you know there there are stables that do that shit you know yeah are people really going to be that invested in that journey right probably not right so but it's, it's like it, what do we do and honestly like i don't know how much you factored in the cost but like it's going to be more than 200k yeah exactly right? like, like once you get into the production cost of everything the yeah. travel the the rosters 100 oh, yeah it, yeah it's gonna be too much you need to bring in like big partners that already have For visions sure. in mind and now yeah. you might lose some autonomy uh i think your head's in the right place uh i love what you guys do obviously i think you're both very talented uh espen i've just gotten to know a little bit better mm. uh this trip henry i already knew you a little bit um i look forward to see like what comes out of that camp if you told me 18 months from now espen was just like living in the alps as a personal trainer <laughs> with all of his money fired off into ETH, I wouldn't be shocked <laughs> by any stretch. And honestly, it kind of sounds like desirable. So, uh, I mean, I think like keeping your eyes open to, to opportunities and stuff is really great, but there's a part of you, I would imagine that's just gonna wanna chill. Um, there is a part of me that wants to chill, but I think like, uh... I think this is like a good opportunity to strike while iron is hot or whatever, right? Yeah. So going really hard now, go around and play all these events. And also to fill, uh, as you were talking about, like this void. I don't think there's many people like going and showing behind the scenes of these high roller stops, right? Like no one is going to go to a Triton and log. Yeah. Like, you don't Only see Negranu. He's, he's as close as we come. Yeah. I guess, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but there's not much of that. Yeah. And, right. Uh, I think doing that and getting a lot of... Um, just like, like behind the scenes, just talking to different people that are playing it, mm -hmm. uh, tell their stories and whatnot. I think that's like a cool void to fill if Great. it's possible to go to play all these things. And I, I don't want to be that guy who goes to these stops and like, I don't think it makes sense to do like hand history breakdowns and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Maybe tell like a couple of the most interesting hands or whatever. Yeah. Okay, Maybe, so yeah. like... Uh, uh, we play this big hand, we doubled up, whatever, tell the hand history like really quick. But most people are not going to be interested in the nitty gritty, solver right. outputs or whatever, I mean, you know? It's the lifestyle vlog type. People exactly. want to see emotions, yeah. people want to see like storylines and yeah. whatnot. So if you can like frame that in a good way and tell good stories behind mm. these high roller stops, I think that would be cool. I mean, there's a blackjack vlogger that I watch and I don't even like blackjack. And people in the comments are like, I don't know anything about blackjack, but this lifestyle is so interesting yeah. to me. It's like the lifestyles that people don't think about, but then they watch it and they're like, this is actually very interesting. I, I would never see this otherwise. Yeah, you've hit the nail on the head like that. That's kind of what I think we missed with Thailand. Like right. before this like main event, like win, like there were so many people that would DM us like in our discord whenever we'd go live or just like on on social media, like, oh, can you guys shoot a video of like the cost of living in Thailand mm -hmm. for a poker player, this, that and the other. And 
like we live humble lives but for the most part it's still highly entertaining for a lot of people what sure, we do yeah. you know like jet setting around like going to these like exotic locations for them like, yeah and it's just like yeah. well now like he wants to focus on being like a really good ambassador for the game and like you said you know doing these hand breakdowns it's been done a million times mm -hmm. yeah. but how about trying to actually bring people from other industries who consume different types of content into poker where we're going to all these amazing places we're hanging mm -hmm. out with you guys we're going to like these podcasts and whatnot and then include maybe two of the most interesting hands where we can break it down to normal people you know this hand was worth forty thousand dollars right. right they don't need to understand Nobody what poker about is checkers and king six <laughs> exactly four, three. Yeah. And, yeah. and why so, your suit was good <laughs> as much as i care it's it's not that's going to be really interesting like it's, it's yeah. like a a new style of vlog. not to shit on anyone that is doing that already but i just no, think no. i think the lifestyle selling the lifestyle and i mean i love watching different lifestyles yeah. and different perspectives and sort of it's how people love voyeurism. It's why reality TV does so well. It's why yeah. travel shows do so well. When, and it's when we did our vlog uh, initially in twenty, I like the vlog. The vlog seventeen, I the think. Vlogumentary. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, we we vlogged for a year, so I think it was like twenty seventeen. All of twenty seventeen, we vlogged, uh, and then it culminated in uh, the vlogumentary that we did during the summer. I loved the vlogumentary. It was great. It was so it was good. honestly fantastic, but. Uh, I think we we're way ahead of our time because it was a lot of what you're saying. It was more lifestyle than than hands. Mm. It was more, uh, you know, highlighting the group element, the the kinship, and all that other stuff, than it was putting a hyper focus on this pot was worth 100k. Don't back. get me wrong. Like we did that when we were afforded to. Like if I played on live at the bike and I got to use the footage, we would highlight it, of course. Yeah. But a lot of it was just you know travel and you know being boys and stuff like that and. It didn't perform the way we expected it to. But I think it's because Nimi was the only other vlogger out there at the time. It was like him and Trooper. Mm. And they were really carving out what became the niche vlogging space. And the template was set, right? Mm. So we were kind of bucking a trend that hadn't even really taken off yet. And we were coming at it from non-everyman perspective. Yeah. Like, I'm playing high rollers, I'm playing you know, nosebleed cash and we're traveling to play LAPC as a collective group. So that's five of us that are firing a 10K and stuff like that while Nimi's like grinding two five and Trooper's playing one three at Flamingo. And, you know, they're really targeting the everyman type of thing. So I, I guess like that's the only, the only difficulty is the translation from- Being relatable still. Yeah, still remaining relatability to people who are involved in poker, but will never play a high roller. Yeah. But, but is that a bad thing? Because I was thinking more on the opposite side of it. Like, because for us, it's very normal, right? This lifestyle, we travel a lot and we play right. all these things and yeah. whatever. It's normal for us. And for, for me, it's so normal. So when I meet my uh, friends in my hometown in Norway, this sounds like it's a crazy lifestyle for them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. But for us, it's so normal. We don't even think about it. Correct. I was thinking that this is probably pretty interesting to most like hobby players who mm -hmm. only play home games in their hometown or whatever. Seeing like the li what the lifestyle is, if you play the... Uh, the big tournament stops and whatever and right. just fly around the world and play all these things i would think that's interesting even uh, though it's unrelatable or I, I would think more people. so now than ever just because it seems like the money effect doesn't matter like there are, are hands on youtube where 
the pot could be $500 or it could be $500,000 and that's not why it gets clicks. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. You also have to, to make no consider difference. there's like way more eyes on vlogs now than there were a few yeah. years ago. There's so way now they're more looking there's for something kids different. who have aged up from watching YouTube their whole childhood who are now older, who are now able to gamble. They're over 21. Like there's just way, it's just the landscape is completely different yeah, from yeah. when you mm -hmm. were vlogging. So How are you going to pull personality out of Espen? <laughs> that's gonna be a tough one honestly for what it's worth he actually he actually is like a very personable yeah. human being but it really does not come off that way like he, he's when actually he hit, funny as fuck when he hit remco with the saunas and smoothie line yeah. i think i was maybe one of four people that laughed because like i knew it was a joke where i think to the rest of the viewing audience they're just like this fucking guy is definitely gonna go right to the gym yeah and he's gonna have a protein shake afterwards and then hit the sauna well, it's, it's, it's weird because, like, going back to us just, like, being gamers, we, like, a lot of our inside jokes are just, like, meme and internet culture, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, when we talk about going on a date with a girl, it's just like, oh, Henry, you're going to rush B. Oh, no. It's just like, you know, like, are you going to, like, throw in smoke? Like, it's just super, like, childish internet culture. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. yeah I honestly smokes. think, like... For, for what we're going to be trying to achieve, speaking to the masses, that's going to actually help us a lot. Like uh -huh. yeah. when it comes to content creation, you need to know what trends are in and what trends are out. Agreed. You need to understand internet culture. And like behind closed doors, like, I don't know. I think we're pretty fucking funny. Like there's probably yeah. people that, that listen to like, what we talk. it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like there's probably people that listen to us, but I think especially for him now, like personal brand wise and like from a vlogging point of view, um, and like just traveling around with like me and Philip and just like having these like inside jokes that a lot of people are going to relate to. Sure. There's going to be a large part of the audience are just like, who are these fucking nerds? Like, why, yeah. why are they rich and we're not? Like, whatever. Like, I mean, that's not, the thing to, that's not the thing to worry about. But like, Espen, for you specifically, uh, you know, what, we shoot the shit here all the time and we definitely toe that line of, uh, you know, being crass versus being politically correct or whatever. Do, do you worry having the spotlight now that you're expected to maintain some level of, I don't know, call it, Professionalism. Uh, professionalism i have to be a bit uh careful actually because i come from as he said like the gaming culture and you know like the gaming culture like the language people use and like oh, the yeah. jokes they pull and like if you grow up on the internet yeah you're mm. gonna be a sarcastic fuck and you're gonna use a lot of like crass language and Dude. you should you say stuff that you shouldn't say and mm -hmm. 100%. i do this sometimes and i have to like catch myself and i have to tone myself down <laughs> and especially now like that there's gonna be especially we're gonna be doing like of that's live are we live yeah. here yeah. Oh, yeah. is there a kill switch it's funny he says that because we actually check each other on this like when we're living in thailand like there was like a time where there were a couple of things that we were saying we were like it's probably best to try and just like remove that from our day-to-day -day, like dialogue because like even if we're just joking if that slips in front of the wrong person you get in trouble and we, we there was yeah. literally i remember there was like a month where there were like a couple of words that we'd have and we're like let's just let's just put this away it's just like let's just yeah. bury this every time someone says it even though we're used to like joking about it let's just call them out on it because again you know we're vlogging now we're streaming if you fall into this habit of like taking these inside jokes or internet culture jokes right. uh, and like you're gonna get yourself in trouble it's wild yeah. man like i was a gamer as well before i started flying like flying poker uh, i played a lot of cod in high school 
like 16, 17, 18. 2v2? Let's go, Dude. bro. I used Let's to play, so I used, I used to play for money, actually. I used to play like wager matches and stuff, like five, ten, like five dollars. Uh, but anyways, it's so toxic, man. Like, you just roast <laughs> each other, you're like, you, but like, oh man, it's terrible. Cause like, it's very easy to bring that same sort of energy yeah. to real life situations. Which yeah, now when like your life changes and like you're in front of the screen or like the camera and stuff is live and like these things have to get not a kind of trained out in some regards. So if you say the wrong thing, it could yeah. be dangerous. Where like yeah. if you talk with friends, it's normal. Yeah, yeah, I mean I grew up in in locker rooms my entire life and yeah. all of the the horseplay and the 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 memeing on one another. Horseplay. <laughs> that happens in, what? I'm sorry. What? Wait, what? The homoerotic horseplay yes, that happens exactly. in locker rooms. Uh, everything's homoerotic and everything is emasculating. I've seen the so, like, literally, you know, most jokes are born out of uh, saying things to emasculate your your right. counterpart, right? right? Well, also, and, that was like a huge thing for that you guys' age group mm -hmm. of in the 90s like and generation. early 2000s. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know so... that it really changed all that much. Uh, as, as a whole in male culture. I think yeah. in society yeah. as a whole, we've changed a lot. Yeah. And there have been these fractions of uh, either side right. that put a hyper focus on this type of language. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the whole idea of like the boys will be boys type of thing right. was more excusable in my era for sure. Yeah. yeah. But it's still just a thing, right? Like, like, my era are now dads, yeah. and they're right. they're pushing that on to their sons and stuff like that. The whole point I'm trying to get at is they're saying that stuff to their sons. No, it's not that they're saying that stuff. It's just that they're excusing it. Yeah, right. Right. It's, right, like, right. Uh, it's like oh, that's normal. That that that's classic classic life stuff. Like yeah, there's yeah. there's do this and talk. To there are definitely a lot of dads well, that will the, just say like oh boys will be boys. I mean, I like, think the main difference is that now, like before, it was more insulated towards the people who surround you, and now kids are on the internet, and yes. it's sort of they find their own like whatever is. Ex acceptable to well, them that, that's kind find, of so. that's kind of why i i brought it up is because that's where the trouble therein lies right so it's like if uh if you want to you can find a fraction of the internet that will completely back whatever it is Yeah, you can find your echo chamber yeah so anywhere. whether that means that you want to be a misogynist or it means that you want to be a, a, a hyper vigilant language policer or, or whatever the case may be you'll find a group to back that yeah and the the challenge with that is that you're right in the sense that it is an echo chamber and most people just lean pretty heavily into it rather than trying to find some sort of center ground so uh there are a lot of people that believe intent doesn't matter right so if you say something, uh, you know, somewhat inflammatory in a mm. joking manner, there's a lot of this world that watches it and will not forgive that because mm -hmm. they don't care that your intention was just to have fun with your friends. Yeah. And that's, I think, the balance that's so difficult to strike because a lot of like what this show is, a lot of what you guys are talking about, you wanting to, devol uh, to develop is quote unquote peeling back the curtain, right? And right. just seeing what happens when people are real. Yeah. yeah, and there was a big tolerance for that whenever I was growing up. Like that's what the real world was born out of. When people uh, yes, stop being show, polite and start world. being real. Right, and it's like if you go back and watch the language on that show, uh -huh. it, it wasn't okay uh -huh. by today's standards. <laughs> right. So it's just like it's very difficult to both be off and on at the same time. And I wonder yeah. like how much pressure you guys feel from that sort of arena. Yeah, it's tough. Like I mean, can cancel culture has just been like rife within like the creator industry for quite some time. Like Logan oh, yeah. Paul is an mm -hmm. example. Uh, David 
Dobrik. Like, Anna Marbles. Qu there's quite a few. Yeah. Everyone in comedy. Yeah. Like in yeah. comedy, this is but so like, big. But the thing is, it's like, I don't know, man. Like, I'm, I just personally just like shy that. If I see someone like even attempting to try and like twist something for what it isn't, I just have a zero tolerance for it. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I'll be the first to apologize if I hurt someone's feelings. Yep. Mm -hmm. Like, there was there was like actually a weird situation around this party um Copang Yang like full moon party and we're like talking to this girl and like I I asked like we're drunk I was like doing this like math equation and she just like turns around she was like did you ask me that to like what, what did she say like to to like make me uh like come across as stupid so I was like no like that's literally just like I'm sorry like I just that's how I have like fun yeah. <laughs> and like, and like, I apologize because I understood that it hurt her feelings, but like she tried twisting it in the sense that like I was like trying to like just because she was a woman or like make her come across the street. I was like, uh -huh. that's not what I'm trying to do. Like this, how I have fun. Like I'm sorry that I offended you. And I, like, I put my hands up straight away, but like I thought you were gonna bring up that girl in London who was saying that XRP was going to five dollars. Oh, you remember? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, man. It sounds like she was rushing B. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like she's self yeah. yeah. That was like that was that was hilarious. You want to tell that story? I don't or? want to tell it now. No? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like the, the thing, I feel like a lot of people now. They literally, they're looking for reasons to, to be triggered, to be triggered. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I saw it in her straight away. Like we were like playful banner. It's a full moon party on an island in Thailand. <laughs> a full moon party. Like, it's called a full moon party. Go on, like, why? Once in a life. Everybody's asses are hanging out, obviously. Yeah, I see. Go no one knows. <laughs> no one knows. Um, and yeah, just like straight away, just like, she was just looking for a reason to like come after me. Uh -huh. And I was just like, look, I apologize if like, that's how you've taken it. I'm telling you my truth. I wasn't trying to do that. It's up to you if you want to be offended or not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the thing is like, you can't be that ballsy with the internet because once the mob descends, yeah. like it's, it's yeah. difficult. Once yeah. I, I spoke about this the down. other day. Uh, I had been talking to my nephew about, you know, he's, he's just struggling at 22 to really find a sense of purpose. And what I was saying is that like, you have to understand that uh, to the world, there are three layers of yourself that exist. And yeah. it's the physical layer that they immediately see, the uh, intellectual or mental layer that they hear when you speak. And then finally, the emotional layer that, you know, generally only your tight inner circle is really yeah. going to know. Yeah. So assuming that very few people actually get to know you at an emotional level, uh, the, the reality is they'll never really know your heart. They'll never really know your true intention. Mm -hmm. uh, only your closest people to you could ever speak to that. So I was like, you have to be very mindful of what you want to present at the physical level and at the intellectual level. And I was like, for me personally, it was a choice and very intentional to present a bit of a contradiction there. Like the, the first thing I want people to see physically, I don't care about my level of attractiveness. I don't care to be a hot boy or, or seen in some... <laughs> don't worry, you, you don't have any trouble. <laughs> Yo, yeah. damn, damn, wow, imagine having friends like that, bro. I know. How dare you get that to your friend? Yo, listen, we can go play a numbers game if you want. Burke against Brian, see who gets the most digits. Yeah, let's go. Wow. We, let's we, go. Can just, we can just play the game of who they think is older. Uh, it, it's like we're the same age but the, the whole point i'm trying to get at <laughs> by saying that i love me to say that like, oh, we're the same age just yeah. so you guys know I yeah. to say but it. the the what i was the reason i say that is because like vanity is a big deal yeah. to a lot of people physically like most people when they 
when they think about how they lead physically, it's in a, a very vain manner of like, well, I want to have the best hair. I want to have the best this, that, or the other. And they think about their physical attributes in that regard. I never thought that way. I've never, I've never been mistaken to think that I'm overly attractive, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm happy to lie in the the best jawline. Right, exactly. Like, you know, I don't think I don't think I'm Ken uh, from the Ken and Barbie set. Right? It's like I know my lane. (laughs) I know my lane. I'm happy to remain in the average. But for me, it was always just I want to portray. Yeah, you two are Zoomers. We get it. Like, you guys always laugh about things no one else finds funny. <laughs> like, you guys just disruptively laugh. Like, Ken. oh, that thing that wasn't funny is hilarious to me. Yeah, it was hilarious. I don't get it. Ken from Ken and Barbie. <laughs> I felt like it needed qualified. Okay. You know? Okay. Maybe they don't know who Ken is in That's Norway. Fair. I don't know. Yeah. This is an American I, I show. Uh-huh. We know. We know. Uh, but the whole point is, like, for me physically, it was like I, I wanted to come off as strong, confident, but you know, cold and and not approachable. Black-hearted. Uh, no, not black-hearted. Like, just just not approachable because I think that that was. Uh, I, I I thought that that was like the best way to uh, protect myself from basically people who had bad intentions because like personally yeah. i am one to trust easily mm. yeah so like if i know that i'm loose with my trusting then i want to create some sort of like level right. of barrier exteriorly you thought this when you were younger or yeah like how old were you when, you when you thought like this 14 13? i mean i feel like i unconsciously did that in high school a yeah. lot because i also am like I when I trust someone, I trust them a hundred percent, and like I trust people well, implicitly until they give me a reason right. not to. So mm-hmm. in but in high school, I was very cold and distant, and people always thought I was like super mean because just the way I like looked and presented myself. But I really yeah. didn't want to like let anyone close to me. I think I was the opposite up until a certain age. So probably until my teenage years, I was just an outpouring vulnerable human being who was like just desperate to make friends. Uh huh. And uh, at some point, I realized like that just gets trampled on. Yeah. So I went the opposite. In what regard? I became more open. Other kids. Well, in the in the regards of basically, you create unrealistic expectations because you are so willing to be authentically uh, wide open. You're you're so willing to expose that bottom layer to Mm -hmm. anybody who comes in contact with you Uh that you create these unrealistic expectations where you expect that to be exchanged. Yes. And that's just not fair. It's like this well, person who doesn't really know you is just an acquaintance. You expect them to like tell you their deepest, darkest secrets. Yeah. Well, I think you're you're a prime example for that. Like you wear your heart on your sleeve. Yeah, yeah. And like you, no, like in like, the poker community, you've just always yeah. been open in speaking like how you feel. Yeah. And then if there's backlash, you're like, oh, okay, I'm gonna try and learn from yeah, it. Yeah, I'm still that way. I'm still that way now. Yeah, like, but like when when you when you wear your heart on your sleeve, I think what Berkey's saying because like it's something that I've experienced by just like approaching the industry and painting everyone with the same brush mm-hmm. when it comes to trust you're going to get trampled oh, on yeah. I don't even like, especially in this industry yeah, yeah i don't yeah. even see it as like expecting it from other people it's more of what i expect for myself like if i have like had like an open-hearted conversation like call it myself to someone else i don't expect right. the same in well, return the, the issue is that we all are naturally sort of projecting i mean humans just do that so right. if you know that your intentions are good and you're a good person and you just like this person and they're yeah. nice you will sort of 
at some level of consciousness expect them to be a similar way right. or like, expect, I don't expect the, people you'll give them the benefit of the doubt more or, or what, yeah. when maybe someone more cynical would just sort of expect the worst unless proven otherwise yeah. you will give people the benefit of the doubt when maybe that person might not necessarily yeah, yeah. deserve it no of course and it's obviously something that you you learn more as you get older yeah you have to get through, burned a few times through trial and error of realizing that that's not the case yeah from the vast majority. Michelle yeah. always say that, like, about me, like, oh, she's like, you, you trust everybody too much. I say, like, she's like, just because you're a nice person doesn't mean everybody's a nice right. person, right? Yeah, but that's it's not like, necessarily a bad thing. I, no, I don't, no, I don't think, no, I'm not saying it is. Just, right. I don't, I don't think that, like, you necessarily need to create filters to, to shun the world or anything like that. It's just more so a matter of creating protocols yeah. for what happens whenever people don't meet that expectation to some yeah. regard. But the reason I'm bringing this up more so <laughs> is that uh, as you get on the mic more, as you are in the public, uh, stratosphere as you're more of a forward-facing yeah. uh, brand member, either for something bigger or for yourself, um, it becomes very blurry now because the top layer is sort of removed, right? Now everybody gets to know you at that, yeah. at that intellectual level. And the problem is when we're creating content like this, we're blending more of the emotional intellectual level than we really want to, mm. yeah. right? And that's what makes it so comfortable for people to come up to you in public and say like, oh, I love that podcast yeah. that you did with so-and-so. It was so remarkable. Like, can I get a picture? Right? And that's okay. That's, that's actually very warm and, and wonderful. But it goes the other way now too. When you misstep with your words, mm. you don't get shown any grace by the people that want to tear you down. Mm -hmm. When you uh, kind of speak out of pocket about something, the entire internet is very quick to correct you and tell you you're a piece of shit for it. Right? When you make an off-color joke that you thought was kind of towing the line of comedy and being crass, uh, there will be a subsection of the internet there to meet you with pitchforks. Mm -hmm. And I think that like, in spite of feeling very confident when I'm telling my nephew that this is the way that you should create your own avatar, I immediately lost confidence in realizing like, he grew up on the internet his whole mm -hmm. life. And though these three simple layers worked for me in a physical world, in this like metaphysical world, universe where uh the world is so tiny and you may interact with millions if not tens of millions of people so before you die uh those lines get very blurred mm -hmm. and so many more protocols need to be put in place in order to actually maintain some version of your authentic self yeah. without feeling like you are a piece of shit because somebody on the internet said so yeah it's a t it's it's a pretty tough sort of line um I guess like kind of dealing with that a little bit myself when it comes to things that I have done in the past and will continue to do in the future and learn things of that nature. Cause like, we're all sort of trying to fill a void in some regards. Cause for me, like when I was younger, like I didn't have friends. So like, I always have like this validating feeling of like, I need to feel liked, I need mm -hmm. to be appreciated by other people. And the way I do that is like by being myself through these certain type of interactions, especially like personal interactions. like. Someone comes up to me, I'm like, oh, hey, like this, that, whatever. Or it comes like people I meet for the first time. Like, that's why I'm pretty decent when it comes to people that I know through online type of settings. Like the first time I met you, like, when I, like talking to Henry, like I felt like I've known you forever. Because mm. that's just kind of how I am as a person. Like we've had mm. enough conversations at that point where it feels like I'm always trying to feel that validated need of like, I need to be liked in order to have friends as that's something that I didn't necessarily yeah. have when I was younger. Mm -hmm. But that becomes dangerous. Right. Yeah, the people. balance. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, you've, you've had that quite a bit, right? Like from 
gaming background to I can relate to this a lot, yeah. Poker extraordinary. I think I probably still have a lot of this. I'm like trying to be nice to everyone, trying to please mm -hmm. everyone. I think I have this. Yeah. yeah. I'm a massive people pleaser and yeah. it, like it hasn't been until I've started like commentating for like Triton and like party where I think I had this really naive mindset in the industry that, you know, everyone's friendly, no one's gonna screw me over, blah blah blah. And then like you start realizing that oh like you just can't please everyone like you can't trust everyone uh you know when we're doing commentary for example uh with like melissa in, in barcelona and like people don't understand the meetings that we've had with our higher-ups and what they want us to achieve through like commentary is way different to the polished commentary of triton sure. and the fact that me and melissa are like memeing in the booth and maybe breaking down like one in ten hands you're gonna get you're gonna hear from the guy that wants us to be talking about at what frequency should Steven <laughs> Chidwick or whoever right. be check raising this turn. I just like I had this obsessive phase where I just wanted to please absolutely everyone, where I would literally find myself changing the way I commentated mm. during commentary. Yeah. Yeah. Like someone would come in and be like, bro, you haven't spoken about a hand in ten minutes. And then rather like rather than just like ignoring this one opinion uh -huh. i would then go to the absolute polar opposite and just like break down to my best abilities I, I have yeah. to be that filter for melissa <laughs> we'll, we'll start talking about sports and she'll just be like the chat said they don't like sports I know, right now i'm like so well it's because i used to stream too and then it's like you're really like just there your audience is everything so mm -hmm. like it's like you you're putting on a show for your audience so i think i do I place like too much weight on the audience right. sometimes because like I want I want to create something that people enjoy and that's like good for everybody. But you're never gonna please everyone. You're never so. gonna. No, you're you never can't. Right. That. Yeah, it's impossible. To yeah, achieve. it's it's just not objective feedback. Yeah, almost ever. Yeah, it's and, and like those those two people complaining in the chat they're not part of your community right anyway. and they're like, probably going to complain about other stuff yeah, too like, like anything maybe yeah. <laughs> even like if you change... say something right and then they're going to be like oh like, i just i just ran it and he's actually not supposed to check raise that at all right and it's like like you don't know and like try to demean your expertise yeah right people are always going to try to find reasons and things if they don't like you to hate you even more yeah. right so at the end of the day you can't please everyone you just kind of have to do what you feel makes sense for you yeah. and then live with those consequences yeah like you have to sort of create with the people who enjoy what you create in yeah. mind like those are the people that you're creating for exactly. the people who resonate with you yeah not the people who don't and are very vocal about it yeah like when we run the show like when we do the podcast and stuff like we run the show because we enjoy the show and the people mm -hmm. that enjoy us and listen to us talk we can talk about anything and yeah. they'll still kind of enjoy that sort of situation right. and so sure some people all the time are gonna be like this sucks like this is like it's supposed to be a poker podcast where's the poker where's and the it's poker? like well they we want to talk about, about what animals we can beat in a fight today yeah. okay yeah. and that's that's what we're gonna do. Right. We're gonna enjoy it. Kangaroo, kangaroo is like that's my limit. Kangaroo. You think yeah. you could fight a kangaroo? I could survive against. You a kangaroo. really think mm. so? Yeah, I'm not saying I would win, but I would are? like kangaroos manage to get my they way are out. Yeah, yeah. Like Yo, they have. Yeah, but look at Henry. What do you mean? Uh, hang on, I'm not Jack. Have yeah. you seen their legs? <laughs> he can take yeah. a Joey, I think, for sure. Yeah, maybe. Well, yeah. Listen, I have a question. Have you guys ever had guests walk off the show before? Uh, no, why? Is that something gonna piss himself? No, it's just, you know, the Island Boys walked off of Logan Paul's Impulsive. Uh, I did not know that. Yeah, why so, would they? like, 
fuck you, Matt Berkey. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, we want to be the first, you know, storming I, off the show. You definitely won't be the first. Uh, there's probably six or seven people I have in mind where the conversation could go one of two ways, and it certainly could lead to that. Yeah. Uh, maybe we what, should the, lead. That you've, that you've had or you're going to have no, on. No, 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 that we could have on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I probably would never want I mean, to have on. I mean, we could make yeah. this Jerry Springer if we wanted to. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> whenever all the cheating stuff broke, everybody was like, crying for us to have like ollie and jake they wanted on. us to have bunny mm -hmm. on they yeah, wanted, and we're just like we don't just like giving a hot mic to, to these people is it's it's tough, not man. a great idea mm -hmm. it's tough from like a content creation point of view like you know that it's gonna get the numbers yeah so from like i didn't even consider that like i just immediately dismissed it because i'm i'm coming from a reasonable standpoint where it's just like hey I'm not CNN. I don't owe these people anything. For sure. Yeah, like, that's what that's what They fucked say. up and I'm reporting what I know yeah. as to be true. Yeah. And a lot of it is just my opinion behind right. what I think is true. This is an opinion pod. We're not like yeah. Yeah. You know, BBC. Yeah, it's just like why So fuck those guys. Right. Like why have them on <laughs> to tell their side? I don't care yeah. about their side. But <laughs> yeah, but why don't you? Wouldn't you think it's interesting to hear? Because like it's very hard to like It would be interesting to hear. I don't think I'm the person to navigate that interview <laughs> uh, i also don't think poker news is the platform to navigate that interview but like yo bryn come on the pod bro like let's do it yeah face like face, like know? if henry wanted to do it already, i think I'm that would be great yeah uh if like um like remco would probably be a good person to handle an interview like that i don't think that he would pull punches not I sure. disagree i don't think anyone under the poker go or poker news umbrella that's fair qualifies yeah. for that because like what if they got banned though what if, what if too this, much of a conflict of interest? Well, what there if, is. no, but what there if is. this uh, what if this council uh, does council. go forward with the ban and PokerGo also agrees like you're banned for X amount of years? Right. The council then, needs to have a hearing with Jake and Ali and make that into a podcast. Oh, there yes. you go. Yeah, no, that would be. That, that would be it. With Solved. Judge Judy yeah. or yeah. something. You, you yeah. That's the content that. we're after. Yeah. It's like the January six uh, commission accepted be for. The poker and a lot more crosstalk. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, the the issue is, I think, is it's only interesting to the people like within poker, and it's not interesting to the people outside of it. Like the whole like Jake Ali, like if, if that was streamed, like if it was like the Integrity yeah. Council. Uh, I disagree. Like, I think that a that's a TV show called the Integrity Council. I think that's way more widespread than Talking Hands. Yeah, people love so. scandals. People exactly. love yes. scandals and drama. And if you frame this as and these boobs. two poker players right. cheated the poker world out of Honestly, millions it or whatever. Honestly, like, the like, cheater. I, yeah, can yeah, see, yeah. I can see it as like a Judge Judy episode yeah. of like the Integrity Council versus Jake and Ali. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you see like, like Jason <laughs> Kuhn and Galf on the right. one so side. Like, how does <laughs> poker work? Uh. Cheating. And then, you get, okay, I'm in. I'm sold. I'm sold. You got me. All right, so let's wrap on what you guys have coming up in the next couple of weeks. You guys are pretty busy before you leave America, right? Yeah. Yeah. We have, we're here for three, four more weeks. Yeah. I'm going to go uh, with you guys to Miami, Florida, Miami soon. Yeah. Um, in a week. Um, then go over to LA, play some Hustler, Hustler cash games and whatnot. Then back here for kind of bit. Yeah. Resorts World Meetup game. Uh, which hasn't been like date wise hasn't been confirmed yet, but they've given us the green light. Um, just want to kind of try and bring back how it used to be in the sense that you'd win the main and you, I don't know. I feel like the main event champions from like pre 2010, let's say, or 2012 were very much part of like the community. Mm -hmm. But then after that you win the main and people were just like, think they're untouchable and mm -hmm. and we just like 
we don't ever want that to be the case at least in our mind like we just want to include as many people as possible so yeah having some like meetup games where even if you're a 1-3 grinder you can just come down play with the fucking world uh wsop main event champ <laughs> did you call did you call it the ten thousand dollar main event world champion yeah you are a world, world champion. champion you're the world the champ world yeah i keep champion. calling him champ but He's it just a doesn't world champ it doesn't roll off the tongue like it, 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 it i don't feel like it either i feel like myself I yeah, feel yeah, just yeah, like myself. Good. Yeah, just like I like whatever I call you, champ. It's just like I'm just memeing with myself internally. <laughs> I'm just like this fucking guy. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know me too much to call me in his sliders, sipping on his fucking peanut butter smoothie. Shut up, my fucking champion. Get out of here, man. Like, yeah. uh, no, no, all jokes aside. Yeah, we just really want to like poker's for like a game that we love and it's for everyone, right? And we really just want to continue that you know ex uh, inclusivity of just getting as many people involved as possible whilst we're here especially stateside live poker is so much bigger over here than it is in europe so maybe sitting down with you guys and like brainstorming some some like meetup games that we could do or stuff like that in the future but for now i think we're just pretty much going with the flow yeah uh, yeah miami florida uh same thing i always forget uh <laughs> yeah la which not looking forward to because yeah la traffic it's bro, like. it's a hassle of a city to go to but the <sighs> games are great yeah yeah you'll you'll enjoy know. it also it's uh you'll enjoy like take it take an extra day or two to kind of explore a little yeah i don't think the, we the have thing, an extra like, day or two do we, we have i like, think we do actually we yeah. actually do yeah after now now with the new schedule we can actually stay in uh, in la for a couple of days and okay. then come back to vegas the other thing, like, I'm not looking forward to, to LA, and this just might be me being completely oblivious to the scene, but every, every like, close friend of mine from, like, my American reg friends, they all despise LA poker in terms mm -hmm. of, like, angling and just, like, the way people... Those are the open games, though. You're not going to be playing those. Yeah. I mean, you're playing stream games, so, like, it's yeah. a curated lineup. Uh, yeah. You don't really run into it too much. Yeah. Um, I need yeah. to research this lineup, though. I need to... Who is playing in this uh, big game that I'm playing? Do we have any names for that? Well, you, you and Garrett are confirmed. Is, that's going to be like 100, 200, 400 game. I 100, heard. 200, 400. It's fine. If Garrett's in, the lineup will be good. He makes yeah. sure of that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not, you're He's very selective in lineups. Uh, I don't know like how selective he is, but like just based off of having watched the lineups well. he plays, they're they very good. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're very good games. Okay, that sounds good. Uh, I don't know how much input he has, but like they definitely bear in mind when he plays that the game will be good. Yeah. yeah. That's gonna be fun though. I've never played that high before. I think the yeah. highest I've played online is 500. I've never close. played live for any reasonable stakes. Yeah. It's a very, very different game. It's very a different, different game like mechanically, but it's very fun. Yeah, he's gonna fold fucking kings on a queen seven four four board. Just <laughs> no, that's not in this game. You can that, that's good. not gonna happen. He's gonna fold like queen ten to an open, <laughs> and we're just gonna flame the shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> it's but, like, a pre flop you know, that that's aside. different. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like honestly, there are some enjoyable aspects of LA. I personally don't love going there, but uh, it's because I really enjoy driving, and yeah. it's a tough city to navigate. But if you get the chance, I would say, like, do a sunrise hike to the Hollywood sign. That that's Sick. a nice uh a nice view yeah um check out malibu if you get the chance yeah really great up there sunrise hike yeah pch sunrise all that hike, good yeah, stuff wow. i mean pch is a hike uh you could travel the entire pch highway if you want it takes I, really, you all, I love the pch just it's, cruising on it. it's, it's nice. uh i think it's like a four or five hour drive all the way up to san francisco it's your first time in cali no no i've been there before oh fair yeah fair, fair. yeah there, there's 
There's good and bad. There's some good tournaments That's too. That's a good trade-off. Long enough. That's true. Nah, we got MPP, which is like Rob Young's new, newly branded um, millions. It's the Mediterranean Poker Party. We're going to that, and then Triton in September. Then after that, like, yeah, we have zero clue to be honest with you. There's like tax implications and shit. So sure. yeah. it's obviously back to London. Yeah. There is, uh, well, we'll be in the UK in December. Yeah, there's yeah. the UK Millions or whatever yeah. it's called in yeah. December, right? And yeah. then there's WSOP Europe. Oh, brutal! You're gonna miss the win. No, it's it ends before that. Yeah, oh, that's before bold. Like, it's, yep. you, like just like being presumptuous that you got an invite to UK Millions, but there you go. <laughs> I got an invite at the same time as you. Fair, fair, fair. Mister. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right fuck you guys. Yeah, you want to fight? <laughs> Wow, the right, infighting live begins. Odds. Live odds. All right, I appreciate you guys. Uh, I'm actually the one who has to pee now. So yeah, this is <laughs> been, uh, yeah, it's been fun. We got to put an end to this. Two uh, hours. Really enjoyed it. Looking forward to Florida. Would love to do this again sometime. Um, yeah. Maybe individually and both of you. Who knows? Uh, anyway, thank you guys so much for for being a part of this. Uh, appreciate you guys stopping by as always. Espen, best of luck finding a personality. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna hire someone coach. Yeah. 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 personality coach or something. Yeah, they do say you can't money can't buy a personality. I know, it's, it's true. It's God it's fucking so, damn it. It's true. <laughs> no, it's happiness. That was the plan. You can buy a personality, uh, you can't buy happiness. Right. Right. He's he's very happy. This man's sauna's like he murked me in the sauna. We were in wow. there for like twenty minutes and I was just like mid sentence, I go, I have to get out. And he's just like, Okay. And I got out and I got back in. And again, like 15 minutes later, I was like, I got to get out. And he's like, okay. And I'm just like, Wait, Jesus. You, you went in a sauna with him? I have one at my house. Yeah, I had him come Dude, over. Dude, he's from Norway, bro. I, that's what he said when I got up the second time. It was Honestly, like 45 that's minutes. That's like racing Usain Bolt. And he does like three laps per your one. And be no, like, oh, no, wow, no, no, this no, guy's no, no. wrecking me. Like, Nor Norway, like only rich people have saunas in Norway. In Finland, everyone does. Estonia, a bunch of people does. Norway, hmm, not really. Only rich people. Yeah, but you're Scandinavian. You're that True, we have those genes, I yeah. guess. Like, yes. It's all like a bit like... Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I'm like literally on death's door, like yeah. ready to pass out, That's a little lightheaded. He goes, stuff. this only goes to 160? <laughs> <laughs> One bead of sweat drips yeah. down his forehead. I'm just like, fuck you, He's man. Cold. <laughs> you ever get cold? You. Huh? You ever get cold? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really? hate the cold. Really? Yeah, did yeah, you yeah. not watch our ice bath vlog, bro? <laughs> the fuck? How could you not? To be our friend, yeah? I'm late, Don't bro. even watch our content. I don't get cold very That's my like... next purchase, by the way. Ice bath. Yeah, yeah. there's yeah. a... Yeah, I'll use that. You can like... get one for 6K where it recirc uh, recirculates the water. You never yeah. have to change it or anything. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Is it You're like rich. a, du a, ta a dunk <laughs> tank type thing? It's a tub. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's actually like an insert for your current bathtub or if it's its own standalone, but I don't care. Some people have those plunges like in like outside and it'll just be like a square and they just Yeah, the problem is you have to get ice every day. Yeah. A square. This this just has its own Yeah. Yeah. It's not just cold? No. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> because to get, it, be a good to get like a refrigeration yeah. uh circulation yeah, thing is, is expensive. Okay. Uh, you know, they're not yeah. just gonna each his own. They're not just gonna get a barrel and oh, like yeah. throw this big refrigeration unit on it. You, you know what, what ice did? baths are good for, right? Muscles and shit, bro. <laughs> Mus <laughs> muscles and shit. Uh, you guys can't see, but he was saying that in a very judging manner. No, no, we were, no, 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 no. It's an inside <laughs> joke. We went to this like ice bath in Thailand and I'd done so much research, right? On why ice baths are good. 
and we're vlogging the experience and Espen turns around to me. It's like, oh, you've been like reading about it, right? Like what's good? <laughs> and I just couldn't articulate you anything. <laughs> I just turned around and I was like, yeah, bro, it's just really good for muscles and shit. And then they just memed it. Like they like they edited it down to just me being like, yeah, just like muscles. Henry, you knew your audience, man. You were, you were talking to a gym bro. <laughs> you were just like, well, yeah. and then he was, I was like, like, okay, I'm sold. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Let's go. That was like yeah. probably the best thing you could have said. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the best probably. thing you could have said in one sentence. Like describe ice yeah. fast to me, muscles and shit. Like and his brain at that point actually sprouted arms and started flexing. <laughs> he then gets in the ice bath and i'm like bro you've got this you've got this and he's just like what's the best time you can go for i said best time is you want to be aiming for around seven minutes yeah he's like how long are you going to go for i was like don't worry about me bro just focus <laughs> on, like focus on what you can do it's your first time doing it just try and go seven he's like no how long are you going to go for i'm like bro don't worry about me yeah this is about you just do your this best this is about you he's like henry how long are you fucking going for i'm like i'm going to be going for about eight eight and a half minutes Eight minutes rolls around of him being in there. He's like, I'm not fucking getting out of this until like I know for a fact that I'm gonna be going longer than you. <laughs> I was like, you fucking egotistical prick. Like, just fucking get out. This man. is a true story. Yeah. I channel channeled my inner Fedor Holtz, and yeah. I was just like, <laughs> it is. Funny it is one of those things in an ice bath where if you last 30 seconds, you can last three minutes pretty easily. Yeah, uh, th there's say. a tipping point where there like, is definitely yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's like a shock mode. Your body goes into like panic mode and wants to get out like as soon as possible yeah. in the beginning, and then like after a while, you're like okay. Yeah, and then there's uh, another ledge that you fall down where uh, you're you're threatening hypothermia and <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, yeah, there's just no issue. zero point going past like ten minutes. There's just no need. All right, well, let's get out of here and take a nice bath. All right, let's do it. I'm in. Thank you guys so much for joining. As always, please like, subscribe, leave a comment below. If you guys want to follow Espen and Henry more closely, check out the Overbed Express. Uh, I think it's at Henry Kilbane on Twitter. Yeah, they'll you find if you uh, type in Espen or Henry. Espen. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna butcher yours. Go ahead. It's at uh, at Ulem Poker U H L E M. Yeah, exactly. Everywhere. <laughs> Not all the fans. That's separate. We'll work uh, yeah. we'll we'll yeah. on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll think about it's, it. It's 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 tough for me to search. I just put at you and then look for S. You scroll down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, we'll be back tomorrow uh, around twelve fifteen as usual with the usual crew. Thank you guys for watching. Usual suspects. We'll see you then. Peace. Peace.